Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I am your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMM Show75. Um we dude, we, like the pre-show, the warm-up was getting hot. Like I had to stop talking because we were gonna waste it. It's getting yeah, good. I was yeah. getting fired up. It's gonna be fun tonight, man. Um I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna wait. I wanna jump right into fucking Lucha Underground because I've heard a million opinions. Some people are like, it's the best episode ever. Other people are like, this is complete shit. Exactly. Um, I, I probably find fall somewhere a little bit in the middle. Um, so I'm just gonna kind of tick through some of it from what I remember from seeing the show. The the first vignette, uh the Ray Puma Vampiro thing, like um first oh, of all, I have did, a name for it. Did, did, oh, uh, it's you got a name Ray, for it? Yeah, Ray gets butt fucked by a ghost. Uh, <laughs> I thought that I felt like Puma had gotten into some rabbit tribe mix or something. I don't know what was going on there. It was kind of yeah. trippy, and I dig that shit. That was a good start to me. It reminded me, reminded me Byron will know this, in WCW when Eric Bischoff could only see the Ultimate Warrior in the mirror. No, it was Hogan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bischoff couldn't see the Warrior, even though he was standing right next to Hogan. And Hogan could see the Warrior, and we could see the Warrior. So we whatever hallucination Hogan was having, we were having. Hogan was getting the shakes because he had to wait like 10 years to get his win back. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he was smart about it, though. He tried creating a fake Ultimate Warrior to get his win back. It's not his fault he wasn't over enough to wrestle him. Not only did he go over a Warrior, he also played a huge role in killing the British Bulldog because he got Warrior back to do that trap door which hurt Bulldog's back, which got him on the painkillers, which eventually... Didn't we no-sell Bulldog's kid at fucking FSW? <laughs> you guys weren't nice to Harry Boy Smith? Aww. I feel bad about that. Yeah, there was like the meet and greet line. And, you know, and I think like Cross came in right then. So we went over to say hi to Cross and just like totally skipped over. <laughs> we were waiting in line. We told the Reno scum dudes, hey, guys, awesome, you know, good to see you, even though we didn't know who they were. But I just saw, like, they had just gotten on Impact. I'm like, that's awesome, guys. Well, yeah, I mean, we knew about them. We just never had seen them perform before. But they yeah. were fucking awesome that night. They too. were awesome. But, like, we had never seen them perform, and we talked to them. They were sitting next to a guy that we knew who was the son of a legend. And then we just <laughs> were like, eh. Uh, yeah, hi. us. And then we stood in front of him while we waited in the line for Johnny Mundo and Taya. But that's what happens when you're at the end of a line after fucking AR Fox and yeah. Killshot and uh, fucking Matt Hardy yeah. and like Hardy, yeah. uh, Willie Mack. Like he was at the end of a very impressive line. I felt bad for him. Dude, now, hey, where was Kevin? Where, where, uh, um, What's his fuck? There's a couple people that weren't there in the in the. Cage was on the other side of Mundo, so I, we never got to him. Oh, Cage we never got down there, so we like, sold Cage too. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm the official British ambassador of the MMM show, with my spot-on British impressions, and I have never offended Harry Boy Smith at all. Cool. What? Blimey. I'll be I'll like, boy, for a second. Boy, I loved you. I loved you in the fucking. Uh, 
Fuck, what what was he? Oh, God, I don't even remember what he did that was important. Fucking New Heart Foundation? Because I'm not going to say I loved him with Lance Hoyt, because Lance Hoyt fucking sucks. Well, see? And now who's no-selling? Oh. I, right, I so always no-sell tramps, Stamps. I'm sorry. Anyway, Lance. any thoughts on this uh, Puma has no master opening segment i mean i just kind of liked where it was going i felt like that was the that that's the like the lucha flavor that i like a little bit of mystery you got vamp in there you got your big stars kind of look cool in the mirror and you know it was hard for me to recognize puma without tears in his eyes but i thought he did a good job here wait so like we, shoot, uh, we get to shoot on puma now is that uh, what we get I, to thought, do now? I thought it was good i i liked it it, it got him uh, a bit of an edge and he's doing something interesting which he needs because yeah. The temple is a dark place, and a pure baby face who isn't champ kind of looks like a loser. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, part of becoming a tweener is buying your jeans, at, buying girls' jeans at Forever 21 and wrestling in them. But it's yeah. good because those are flexible, so you, you, they bend. It's a I thought they thing. were those Chuck Norris uh, stretched karate jeans from back in the day. No, nah, dude, I, I have the market cornered on those. Uh, so I can identify them within a second. Those were definitely not those. Look, definitely. I know there's a, I know there's a few workers that listen to the show that will probably shit on me for saying this, but is Puma not being like a fucking crybaby these days or what? Like, <laughs> it's no secret that the guy wants to do something different with, with the remainder of his career. You know, he wants to go someplace where they won't let him dive like he likes to dive and he thinks that's the way to go and he wants out of his current thing or whatever he wants but, to go to ring of honor well you know he wants wwe to be ring of honor yeah yeah and that's the problem and that's why i'm like uh, am i crazy for thinking that his whining is just gonna get him shit on in that locker room like i feel like the guy is gonna have a legit hard time there like, I think they're going to shit on him so bad. They're going to hold him back so fucking hard, and they're just going to try to tame him. They're just going to treat yeah. him like a fucking piece of meat over there, throw him in the grinder, spit out whatever garbage that they want for low mid-card status at best, and then fuck him over, and then five years from now, he'll be raging on the indie scene again, but not as good as he is right now. It's Like, sucks. am I wrong? No, I mean, I think I've said this on the show before that he's giving a company that finds every little thing to pick on about a person and bitch about, like, they're, he's giving them a reason right now if they're reading what he's saying. Well, they you know, nearly like, took, they nearly took um, uh, an announcer who likes Twitter and, and sent them back into the, a mental hospital because he was tweeting about people <laughs> liking him announcing wrestling and puma does far more like repeatedly he's tweeted that he's the most famous or he's like famous for losing oh. like he like he's the guy who loses to your favorite wrestler like he's an awesome he's a, one of the top talents of the world and this new stuff that he's doing on lucha underground where he's getting to talk Cause you wouldn't really expect him to be a good promo, but like he did, a, he did great in the scene with Ray. Uh, yeah. And keep in mind that is a scene because yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time when he comes to the ring is not very good. Well, that's also, that's a, a part of another discussion about whether Lucha underground is the best place for people like him where they pull out 
and mold the best of the talent. I mean, you got and you got to ask yourself about that too. It's like Lucha Underground's not afraid to let people talk, especially in scenes, and they didn't let him talk for a year, <laughs> a year, yeah. and he was the champion. Yeah, and but he's but he's holding his own now. But he tweets about uh, you know losing, and he tweets about um, now he's tweeting about the contract thing, which you shouldn't do there should be some sort of line talk about it no no look 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 in this day and age about a contract can be good for business especially when you don't give a fuck about that contract anyway i'm not i'm not saying that that business wise he's even wrong like look he wants out he's got something else that he wants to do my biggest problem with it is not that he wants out um like you know lucha underground as a business I'm a shill half the time and I can't even tell you they're running things, you know, pitch perfectly on the business side. They don't have a good, they don't have a real good model to work from because they're working from a television model, but with people that are in the wrestling industry. So anyone who's not an actor has got to hate that. And on top of it, if you were just an actor, having a contract on a TV show wouldn't necessarily stop you from doing other TV shows and other movies and other work. Whereas having this TV contract with Lucha Underground does keep them from having other certain kinds of work. And it just, it sucks for them. They can't even quite do it quite like actors. So I'm not going to completely defend Lucha Underground's business practices, though I don't really think it's their fault. I just think there isn't a model for what they're doing. So it's some trial and error. And yeah, Puma got fucked on some of that trial and error. So I don't blame him for being a little bit mad about that. But what I don't think is accurate is... I think his residual self-image of what he is and what he means to the business and how he's going to be treated elsewhere is incorrect. I don't think that the, there's this grandiose place for him outside of Lucha that is going to somehow be magically better. I hope he gets paid more, but tell me, what's the piece of merchandise? What's the gimmick that they give that guy that puts him over the top. Is he going to sell shirts like Roman Reigns? Is he going to be in the top of the mix? Is he going to be fighting with Finn Balor on Raw? I don't see that happening in the next three or four years. It's crazy, man. I I mean, we are living in a weird world that he's got a better shot there than he did before. Like, I legit saw a fucking Ty Dillinger shirt at the fucking mall for sale. Like, that's dope. Here's the difference. That's dope. Ty Dillinger has a character and an appeal on a personal level with the crowd. He has his character. He's like an underdog. That's also fun. He has a great chant. It's one syllable. WWE fans by and large can handle that. You know know how long Ty Dillinger's been there before he's done, done this character too. And I think he's been released and brought back at least once. And yeah. it's like, do you think this dude that's that's mad about a hiatus and tweeting about that's going to want to sit through that shit? It's, I mean, Neville is the most obvious comparison that we always come to. Yeah. And Neville now has a character. He's like an angry troll. But he doesn't sell any fucking merch. He's not wow. making that fucking big money. No. No, he's not. No, he's like, I really like Neville, but... Oh, he's man. not getting huge pay-per-view action either. I mean... Yeah. He's barely that. He just added the rings of Saturn because he's heel, and they don't want him to do flippy stuff and get cheered. Which, uh, is, Saturn. Uh, which Saturn makes sense psychology wise. But on two two oh five live, like 
there is it's a whole different psychology on that type of show yeah and the only reason i'm not mad at it is austin aries is fucking over and i dig austin aries he's putting his time he's putting his work and he he I deserves it but i think it's a coming a little bit at neville's expense which is sad for him i think i read somewhere austin aries is going on a little bit of a break i don't know how long but i think it's it might be because they're not focusing on him so much is that why tjp starting to get the rub again I think so. Why is TJP even on a show? Because uh, they don't have Ricochet yet? Is that where they're going to fucking put him? Is he going to be a is he going to be a 205er or is he going to be 206 pounds trying to get in the title picture? Well, you have he doesn't want to do 205. He talked about how he wants to go the Finn Balor route. Finn Balor has been even, even now looking at Finn Balor like it was cool when he came in, but dude, he's still really new to Raw, and they still haven't quite found a way to make that work. It's like following the Finn Balor route is not necessarily a road to success yet. Yes, we've had Daniel Bryan. Yes, we've had CM Punk, and yes, now we have Finn Balor. But these guys, as much as they may get over at the end of the day, are the exception and not the rule. Yeah. Vince McMahon likes Jinder Mahal. He yeah. likes big guys and gender is working good because vince knows how to do gender mahal vince does not know how to do trevor he does not know how to do ricochet he does not know how to do puma vince mcmahon does not do these things he's gonna have to go to nxt he's gonna have to get a good gimmick and a great entrance at nxt and he's yeah. gonna have to put on some show-stopping performances down there to even have a chance of going the finn balor route in two or three years but he has Years. to be able to he has to do that with the WWE style. He has to have like his five moves of doom, his unique moves that he can do to everyone of every size four nights a week without killing himself. Right. And a great and, entrance and stick work to go with it. You know, you know what, there is one advantage. Moves are like really flashy moves where he might hurt himself. So if you take those away, can't, does he have the appeal with his ring work and character work? The one thing that is an advantage, though, is that if he's in NXT, he's fucking home every night. That's that's good. I mean, you gotta <laughs> you gotta factor that in because he lives in Florida. I mean, it's yeah. like backyard. Oh, don't get me wrong. Again, I don't necessarily thinking he's making bad life choices. I just don't know if they're going to be choices that get to the top. Yeah. yeah. My personal opinion is Lucha Underground is the best showcase for him. And if he could somehow work full-time Lucha Underground and New Japan, and yeah. you know, that'd be great. But that'd that's not on the table. No. I think I well, think he's also possibly just like I don't know, like if this this whole hiatus thing made him saltier than he was before, and I completely it's understand. It's yeah. bad. Like you, you're not as invested in the episodes. They're good episodes. I mean, but they're mid season episodes. You know, I I do think that okay. Well, well, okay. So like when we went back, so we're going into the overtime from this all night long match. I definitely feel like this episode would have been a better episode. Hey, stop moving your computer. We can't hear shit you're saying. All we hear is your computer moving. You got it? You good now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting comfortable. Uh, I know. You always get comfortable while you're getting fired up, but then we miss the fired up part. I want to hear the fired up part. We don't want okay. you comfortable. I think, uh, you know, while both of these episodes were a zero out of five, 
on the Casey scale. Zero? Uh, Wait, yeah. what is the scale where it gets a zero two weeks in a row? We got oh, to introduce, reintroduce the, uh, the Casey scale for the new listeners in the okay. British. Um, hey, was Pentagon on the show? No, he wasn't. The other one is, did Pentagon win? Because if he's on the show and loses, it cancels out to an automatic zero again. <laughs> and uh, it's just how it works. And he wasn't on the show this week. But I do think this was an awesome episode for a zero out of five. And that it would have been better to come back to, but people would have come been on, more can't a Mil Muertes, can't, can't like a great Mil Muertes match at least get it like a two or something? Even if there's no Pentagon on the episode, I sometimes I, I this match was kind of like like it was an awesome match, but I waited three hours in line for those seats, and they just kept fighting in my spot, and I I couldn't sit down. <laughs> all right, so you like this match, the the sudden death of all night long? Because I did yeah, not. I didn't like it as much as you know, like if it was its own match, I think I would have liked it, but as the sudden death for all night long, I didn't like it. And I also didn't like it on a show that already has another street fight on it. Uh, cause that, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, here, here's, here's, here's my issue. And I got to go back to the week before, like, here's my problem with it. I liked this match. I did. Mm -hmm. My problem with it is you can't have an all night long. Like you had last week, which was phenomenal, like, you know, four out of five stars probably. And then tell me that the conclusion to it and the to be continued, leave me with a cliffhanger and then give me something that isn't bigger than the week before. You can't have a blow off to a huge match with a smaller match. It just didn't work to me. And thusly, you probably shouldn't have ended all night long in a tie. And now don't get me wrong. I raved about that episode last week. I'm talking about that episode. That episode for what it was and how I left feeling after that episode was great. But then when I get to this and I'm like, oh, I'm coming back to what you gave me last week, but it's not as good as last week. Even though these guys are great, like Max Sinton over the fucking chairs into the second row. Phenomenal. I was just like, that spot's fucking sick. I love the Mac. Bravo. Return of the Mac. But... At the same time, I'm getting 10 minutes of it. It's not as epic as before. There's the, the, the swerve finish at the end or whatever, and it's just like, eh, this isn't better than last week. You can't continue the match and give me less. Yeah. I needed more. I needed it to be more. Well, they, they, there was an attempt with the false count anywhere, and I think with uh, interference right. that, that happened, I you know that brought everything in. I think... It just it, it just it fell a little flat. Like the whole we false count anywhere is an escalation. We need like to talk didn't about really do that much. And the interference would have been a lot better if they didn't already do it in the all night long match. And it would so, also be a lot better if when Ricky Mandel interfered, sexy. You mean star Johnny Moon Dose? Johnny Moon Dose. I was disturbed. Sexy star came at him because she couldn't control herself. She started like ripping his clothes off, trying to fuck him. And then they ran backstage. Look, it's hashtag worst spear ever. And you yeah. know me, I don't shit on sexy star like you do, but worst spear ever period. I just, story. I just want a, a gif of it looping with the words. Casey is right. Flashing over and over again. <laughs> I really do. 
And um, but yeah, she started ripping off Ricky Mundo's clothes and then chased him backstage and then never came back out again. I think they were. Uh, you think there's something there? A little fire, a little heat. I think, I think he was taking her to the haunted doll island, if you know what I mean. Um, I'll tell you what I did like. I, I want to talk about some of the positives. Uh, the gunshot slaps from the Mac that sounded like they were actually ripping Mundo's skin off. And that was not sweetened audio. No, that shit was that shit was legit, and it was fucking amazing. Yeah, another reason to absolutely love the Mac, and I hope that everyone who's a Mac fan stays behind him, because um, obviously, you know, this was a ruse. They're not going to put the title on a black guy and a woman in the same season. It just was never meant to happen. Easy. What I'm just saying that well, one we got a minority already with the belt. A woman got the belt, and we know we knew the Mac wasn't going to win. Come on. When, when do we get a black woman with the belt? <laughs> yeah. First, they have to sign a black woman in Lucha Underground. Oh, hey. They don't have any of those, huh? No. No. Lisa's close. She's Puerto Rican. Yeah. Uh, they got to they gotta bring in fucking uh, Awesome Kong. She's not signed anywhere right now, is she? Oh, that would be rad. Awesome yeah. Kong. Versus she's not, she's right not in now. WoW right now. She should go to WoW. Hmm. She'd be good over there. <laughs> she should go back. She should get signed by WWE again. Oh, why? Dude, I have a new... I have so a new she can hang out with Tamina. I'm going to talk about that, that later. So she too. can fight with Rebby again. I have a new favorite uh, ladies wrestler, but I, I've never even seen her work because uh, I was looking at some Japan Deathmatch shit, and um, there's a Japanese woman's wrestler named Motherface and she's got a female Leatherface gimmick, and her name is Motherface. It's <laughs> wrestler. I don't care if she's worse than Sexy Star in the ring. That's solid. Number one in my book. That's solid. Um, all right, so, oh, the other run-in, PJ Black with the Singapore cane from underneath the ring. I refuse to call it a kendo stick. Singapore cane. Unless it has the, the hand guard, it's a Singapore cane. Damn exactly. It. it needs the little guard to be a kendo stick. 100%. Correct. That that is the defining factor. If you take the guard off, then it's a Singapore cane. Damn it. Um, but he got hit with the stunner and went through a table, which I liked that spot. Oh, dude, his cell of the stunner was fucking amazing. How he went all stiff as a board. Loved it. Yeah, and and I get the feeling that uh, behind the scenes, these guys must really like the Mac. I think the. I, I feel like Johnny through all of these things and ever, all the run-ins and everything. I felt like everybody sold for the Mac in a big way, which mm -hmm. warms my heart. Cause I feel like the locker room loves the dude. And that always speaks volumes to me. Like you can tell when people are, are selling that way and giving him good fucking moves. And you know, a lot of the finishes in the all night long match, like the Mac's over in the back. He's not just over in the front. He's over in the back. And hopefully everybody's seeing that. Hopefully DJ and EV dub and all those guys are seeing it and they do right by the guy because he's not a body type or a character that's going to make it big anywhere else. He's just not. I'm just calling him like I see it. Like the Mac is does not have a whole lot of places where he's going to get over big. Yeah. And he's pretty close at Lucha Underground. I get not putting it, the titles on him right now. I, you need somebody who's over to keep Mundo there and to keep people distracted from the Wero champion here or whatever. But you know, it, it worked 
in that regards, I think it worked well. I think Mac was the right choice. Of course, we would have loved to have seen him go over, but it, come on, how ridiculous would it have been, honestly, for them to put the strap on the Mac right now? Well, yeah, it wouldn't make sense for Mundo. It would have been hot shotting too. It's like Mac isn't Mac isn't built up enough yet. It would have been a total hot shotting to put it on, put the belt. Now, on. if the Mac won the Cueto Cup instead of the Battle of the Bulls, it would be a little more build. Well, so let's get to that because that's the next segment. Oh, Taya, Taya with the final run in, she gets the she gets the save, right? Yeah. So I hope I, I, again to sum it all up. I didn't like this match being the follow-up to an all-night-long, but I did like feeling that the Mac had a great breakthrough moment. Um, I wish it had been in the first half of this season. I felt like, you know, mm-hmm. I get it. With the Cueto Cup starting, you couldn't put the break in there. Like, just the way the season was written, it just wasn't meant for this hiatus. They had to put the break where it was. But if these had been the two episodes leading up to the break instead of the two right after it would have been much better in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But it just didn't have the, the fire for, for the finish to, to really work that way. So they did what they could. Um, so the Cueto cup single elimination, 32 competitors. Does Lucha even have 32 healthy competitors at this point? I saw Lucha blogs thing like <laughs> they supposed to even having 32 available. Hey, Justin, it sucks because that one day you weren't there. They let me and Byron be two of the 32 guys. (laughs) It was great. I mean, I was in a wheelchair for three weeks, but I was happy to get an opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, really unique opportunity. They put me against Mil Muertes. That sucked. He punches really hard. I mean, so, so, okay, 32 competitors, single elimination, Winner gets a title shot at Ultima Lucha Trace. Um, and at the final of the Cueto Cup, it's going to be Johnny Mundo versus Ray. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they wrestle each other, and then the winner of that match faces the winner of the Cueto Cup. Okay. I, I'm, star- I'm starting to get it now. So I have to ask this very simple question. Is this one unique opportunity too many at this point? I, I, I don't think they should be allowed to be called unique opportunities anymore. Because they're not quite so unique anymore. They're just fucking oh. regular daily opportunities on yeah. the underground now. But right? I do love I, mean, I respect fucking, they, they hung a lampshade on it, which was fucking awesome, because they had Hefe talk about how great his fucking idea was and how revolutionary it was, and it's just a single elimination tournament. That's fucking hilarious. I, I love I that, though. That. I also just respect a good tournament, because... Yeah, tournaments are dope. Yeah. But you're not looking forward to the May Young tournament? I am. Actually, um, I was at an NXT taping. Perhaps you've seen people tweet about me being at NXT taping. No, no, I've just actually seen you. And um you've been on TV. You were on both shows this week, Byron. Like I'm like the king the of Wednesday time. night audiences. He fucking Rick rooted us, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. I'll tell so, you what, though. Between you being on two shows, I still don't know if you got as much airtime as I did during all night long. No, I don't. I don't. See how much I was on this week? Shit. Yeah. They used the same single shot of you over and over again, nodding. Yeah. No, no, no. The scary part is those are different shots, Byron. I just do that the entire fucking match. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was cheering for the Mac. I'm just like the whole match. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is great. Now, Justin, I want to ask you because I was really 
like they taped this trio shit in a really weird order. Were you not there for this up this like everything in this episode, or were you there for the trios thing? Uh, no, I was there for the trios thing, but I wasn't there for the other two parts. Yeah, because a, a little behind the scenes thing for people that might not uh, have been. Well, it's good because you didn't read spoilers, but they take this trio shit way out of order. Like so we had, out of order to the yeah. point that different people were coming to the ring with the belts at, at times. Like in the same day we were there, there was one day where there were two different trios champions wrestling that came to the ring with the belts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they had, they had Drago turn heel and lose the belts. And then the same, the second half of the day tapings, he was wrestling as a face with the super friends again. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we like Drago now. Okay. So weird. Like, and we didn't know how to cheer. And that's why I think most of the crowd reactions in that turn match were actually from other times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they were. I don't think a lot of the crowd shots were from that. And I saw some people move around in the crowd too. Like, but that's one of the things I love about Lucha Underground. They can get creative in editing. They can just shoot some shit at the show one day. It's like, oh, Drago's in town. We have these two pieces for his angle that we got to shoot. We got to shoot this uh, baby face spot, and then we got to shoot this heel spot. You know, shoot them both, fix it in the edit, and fuck it. We got great matches, so we didn't care. It's just so weird, though, that if it's the same day, why not shoot the other one first? Maybe somebody had to go somewhere. I don't know. Like, it, it was just weird. Yeah, and it, it was weird to shoot him in that particular order. But I think, uh, well, no, because I think it had to do with then Vamp and Melissa and all those people would have had to do outfit changes when they didn't want to do that. So it made more sense right. to do it the other way. That's true. Yeah, because they do really pay attention to people having to change their clothes a lot. Yeah, so when they do that kind of thing, like they're putting something into a different episode from another day, they, you know, for people who haven't been there, like Melissa has to go do an outfit change or Vamp and Stryker have to change outfits and, you know, they have to keep things lined up. Um, yeah. It's pretty interesting to see because, look, again, it's a TV show. It's not right. a wrestling thing. It's not like, you know, in, in the wrestling world, it'd be like the equivalent of shooting a dark match and plugging it into SmackDown instead of Raw, you know? It's weird, yeah. but it's fun. And I got, I don't know. I, I want to see what kind of weird board they have behind them. Like I know what my boards are, are at work to do this car build show, which is crazy because we're building all the cars simultaneously, but they have to all appear on TV in a certain order. Yet some people cross over from one episode to another and it's nuts. I'm doing that with Lucha underground with like 20. I'm doing that with six episodes. They're doing that with like 20 episodes and like 10 matches in a day and shot and all sorts of crazy shit. I have no clue how they manage all that information. Oh, especially with these season three tapings, it seemed like they would never fucking end. Oh, and DJ laughs about it. Like it was easy. And like he had it all planned out that way. And, it, and they never seemed stressed about it on the day. Like when they get, would get there on the day, they would totally know what the fuck they were doing. It wasn't yeah, complicated to them oh. at all. Then, then like half the time we talked to him about something. Oh yeah, we decided that kind of at the last minute and went with it. And it's like, how the fuck are you doing this and keeping everything straight? Yeah, with like a staff of yeah. three. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's crazy. Like hats off to them for keeping that all straight, even though um, I do find some continuity errors. Yeah, there's some. I mean, you can't catch everything, but th those are the things that I really give like those guys two credit weeks for. Ago. What Dario said, Ray embarrassed my brother two weeks ago. Oh, oh, well, yeah, oh. which was two months ago at this point, right? Which is funny because when they were hyping the all night long match, they edited everything out that said anything about next week. 
And they also edited something the Max set out that got the biggest pop in the temple. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, are you going to talk about that now? What? When Mac dropped the N-word? Yeah. On, on Mundo? Yeah. And it got a, like a fucking Road Warriors pop in the temple? Yeah. I bet yeah. they looked at it long and hard in the edit like, damn, can we use this? Mm, fuck. And then they call, they call him Robert. They're like, Robert, can we say no? And no. Robert's like, no. Even like, he's Robert's even trying to get Quentin to stop saying it. <laughs> like, what if they hire Justin? Justin, this is me asking sincerely for a judgment call. Yeah. Um, not trying to make a joke. But what if they hired uh, a black editor? Then could they use it? <laughs> You said not a joke. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> yes, yes. If a black editor cuts it together and a black guy says it, you can get away with the N word on El Ray Network. But that's the only circumstance. Or, or <laughs> your Quentin Tarantino, because somehow he can actually say it and get away with it. And black folks love his movies, and no one boycotts or anything. Even when he says "dead N word storage in my garage," like. I, I can't even repeat it. I I I cringe when I watch that scene in Pulp Fiction. Like, oh, damn it! Oh. But when Max said it, I popped. Everybody popped. It was great. It was perfect. It wasn't that inappropriate at all. The way he used it, it was very funny. Yeah, we kind of we kind of missed it on the actual show. Yeah, yeah it got a good, good reaction. What do you guys think of the new trios champs? I, I well, like- let's. I want to talk about this match first of all. Uh, I thought that Pindar had all the uh, hard work zipped up. So to speak, yeah. So, okay, Wait, how about how about um, how many times did Pindar. he lose his zipper on this one? How about Pindar and Aerostar just going nuts? They do all this crazy stuff, and then you tag in as this seven foot tall dude who can't even hit a big boot. Oh, dude, I gotta. You know, like a lot. This of was people- not. This was not one of uh, Vibora's finer yeah. performances he Were did have guys- a couple better after this one this was one of the ones that got him a lot of heat from from the true believers in the lucha click yeah yeah and i felt bad for aerostar and drago to have this guy have to catch them on dives that are dangerous but you know drago was smart and decided to join his team so he didn't have to get caught on dives by him but uh i do gotta you even say- to say that for like seven months that's so good i love it I, maybe I even longer. seriously have. and uh you know fucking I got to say, Aerostar and Pindar, before he was Pindar, when he was just Steve Payne, he had a dark match in the temple. I think it was a tag match and there was other guys involved. Yeah. But they fucking tore shit up even more than in this match. And Mm -hmm. I just wish that match had been televised because the only thing that sucks is Steve Payne was Steve Payne. He wasn't Pindar, so they can't really air it. But... It got him this job and this was him showing out. Yeah. And it's really funny because like, I, I absolutely don't hate on Madison. Like I did that day. Like I apologize. Cause I, I won't even bullshit about the fact that I said awful, horrible things about the Luchasaurus after that particular day. And, yeah. and the whole thing has honestly grown on me a little bit. And I've seen a lot of the work that he's doing on the Indies oh, and whatnot. So I give the guy work. credit for, for trying, yeah. but we, we, I mean, like when we saw this match, it was like, Oh, Oh God, when this airs and we're on the podcast, we're shitting on this dude so mm-hmm. fucking hard. 
And so, this is the benefit of editing. That so I, a little right. bit of the check has been in the mail on this one. Austin, if you're listening, I apologize, bro. We completely appreciate your work now. We totally yeah. did not appreciate your work that day. And that's no. just what it is, man. We're fucking, we're fans. I and- say to the listeners, <laughs> if he's listening or not, we have been seeing the stuff he's been doing lately and he's improving greatly. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he gets a chance to show it on season four because he's doing so much better than he did on season three. And he's really mm-hmm. been working hard with Mundo. Oh, and- I even, honestly, I, I thought his last appearance on season three was actually pretty good. And we just didn't give it the credit it probably deserved. Then we shit on it a little bit just because of the, the two things that we had seen before that, you know, One like I think, it, I think the progress was already happening, but we were already too ready to shit on it. Cause that's, yeah, that's how we are. We're smangry. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, it is interesting to see how his character work translates on camera. Like that on on the show almost overshadows that in editing the work rate that you see in person. Yeah. Um but this, yeah, work, work but rate like guys, I'm excited to see what he does in season four, especially he's probably one of the ones who is benefiting the most from the break and also taking yeah. advantage of it as much as possible. Yeah, well, no, that's smart move. Him him, and, and Thunder Rosa, they've been getting some awesome fucking experience during this break. Yeah, but that's one of the things that pisses me off about this match. This was a swerve that live, we didn't even quite understand it. It was like, she lines up on the apron as part of the team, but then the finish plays like Drago's on their team, and we were really confused. And even on air, it was still confusing. And I was pissed because, you know, when they brought in Cobra Moon, she had a couple decent matches. And and I was raving about, like, you know, the body styling and some of the stuff that she was doing. And I thought, I really thought, like, you know, with uh, Mariposa, cheerleader, Melissa, whatever the fuck her character's name is, um, with her around working with Thunder Rosa, like, I felt like we were going to get some good matches and then I thought, oh, shit, now they're in this feud with the Super Friends or whatever. That's going to be dope. I'd love to see her mixing it up with Drago and Aerostar and whatnot and see where she can go. And those guys are really going to bring her game up. And then she doesn't get in the fucking ring. She gets no ring time, and she's kind of in this valet status. And I'm just like, damn, fuck. Thunder Rosa's got her shit together, and she's up and coming, and I want her to be getting that ring time. Like, even when we were seeing this live in the temple, it was pissing me off that she wasn't getting the ring time because I thought she was great. And we had no idea that she was doing these awesome vignettes to boot. Um, yeah. And, right. and I'm not even going to lie in her vignettes. She's hot as shit. Like they they've put her together to, to make her sexy as hell in those fucking vignettes. We should have the MMM show t- official Twitter account retweet the vignette. I think it's, online somewhere oh well, we'll find it why do i have to god damn it i just need to give you the login for that damn account already <laughs> Dude, all he's gonna do is fucking promote the baits haunting with it if we do that that's fine at this and point it's fine baits haunting could use like three or four more views oh um mm-hmm. also want to tell the audience um some lesser podcaster told me that um uh, it doesn't have a podcast anymore Told me that uh, the Bates Haunting is available for free on Voodoo right now. So watch it. On Voodoo? So I don't have to keep renting it on Amazon anymore? I would recommend everyone watch, buy, buy the DVDs from Walmart and Amazon. 
Oh, yeah, um, Byron wants us to go the pay route because he gets a fucking residual from that, right? I don't want to go all Johnny Mundo on you and just start hashtagging get booned, but watch my movie. Hey, bro, whatever keeps you being the money mark, I am fine with. It's I the will perfect, buy another copy if it keeps you being the money mark. It's the perfect summertime Halloween-themed movie for you and your friends. I bought no, it on Amazon the first no, time I watched it. it. No bullshit. I actually like the Bates Haunting. It's pretty good. You guys should watch it. Fucking people get killed by a combine harvester. It's fucking sweet. That is, that scene is the fucking best scene in the movie. Yeah, though. yeah. Don't yeah. Don't, don't ever think that you have a better scene uh, in your resume ever, Byron. That's the one. Just so that you know. That's the scene where yeah. I actually get to yell at um my lead actress in the movie. Oh, yeah. that was pretty good too. Yeah. Every director should book themselves in in their own movie yelling at their lead actor. <laughs> and, and then so cut fun. and cut themselves into the trailer. For no reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's crucial to the plot. Um, so why Drago? Why? 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 Why is he doing this? Now let's get back to to. Okay, mm-hmm. go back in time. Go back to the to the years ago when we used to speculate about why DJ was doing things and where the story was going. Why is Drago actually? falling for Cobra Moon's turn here. Let's talk in kayfabe. What's okay. going on here, Casey? What's your theory? Because Drago is actually a lizard person, despite an episode in season one where Dario Cueto said his face was a mask. What's up with that, DJ? Hmm? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, it's not a mask. It's his face. And he's a lizard man. And she's the queen of the lizard people. Maybe maybe he's going to try to get her to lay some eggs. I assume she lays eggs. I don't know. They're reptiles. Oh, shit. You'd have to assume. By the way, according to the official Lucha Underground Twitter, it is the Snake Tribe. You know what? It's not. You know, they're wrong, though, because DJ said it was the Reptile, reptile Tribe. tribe. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, right. like, DJ is not the one in charge of the official Twitter then, because DJ has said it's Reptile Tribe. That you is correct, what? and I guess the Lucha Underground official Twitter got it wrong. Let's just start. What are you trying to say, Byron? Let's call him the Frog Tribe and just fucking <laughs> call him Hell, Hell Comes to Frog Town, starring Johnny Mundo and Roddy. Oh Piper. God, you guys oh, that's are look, I'm not even going to. All I'm going to say is, is be nice to not Yoni. He's trying. Oh, not Yoni. Oh, not Yoni. <laughs> Anytime you want to come on the podcast, not Yoni, you can. You get a solid B for effort, at least. I don't know. At least something. You're tweeting about the right show. <laughs> You're such a dick. I love it. No, look, it's 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 Not big fun, shoes to right? fucking fill, man. It's just big shoes to fucking fill. I don't think yeah. I'd be able to do as good a job as Yoni either. That's just that. You know what you they know? said about big shoes, gentlemen? Solid rig. Solid rig. Yoni. Solid rig. Solid can rig we, and a half. Can we use that, we use that or is that another copyrighted? phrase dude we're oh, stealing God. gimmicks all night fuck that we're stealing like, everyone's gimmicks i don't give a shit don't, don't you know don't you know that i made that podcast go off the air because they talked so sh- much shit about me in the last episode they there's really no more last real heels yeah no uh urban urban qu- quotations i think it's just huns or somebody pretending to be urban in the chat room uh <laughs> i'm pretty sure he's dead uh He's there. I, my people told me he was dead. They sent me an ear. I don't know whose it is. 
Hey, do you think we'll get John B to talk on our uh, podcast tonight? Doubt it. No. He said Fox. he's never podcasting again. He's too busy losing at tech into girls. He's got to send me. Podcast. He's got to send me an email address that he wants to Google Hangouts from, and then maybe I can invite him and see if he wants to do it. I want to talk to John B. Losing to girl players, some of the some of the best Tekken players in the world are girls. I mean, he's losing specifically to 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 Catalina or whatever the fuck her name is over and over again. She's got a really cheesy move that's fucking with everyone right now. They got to nerf that shit, man. Casey, I have hey. a question for you. What's up? Who is Paula O'Keefe in the chat room? Oh, she's one of our regular listeners. Paula's cool. Yeah, she's... Shout out to Paula. Yeah, well, what's her question? She have a good question? Probably about she Cobra loves, Moon. I know she's a Cobra Moon fan. Loves Snake Throne. She wants Cobra Moon to fight more because she's too cool just to be a manager. Yeah, but... She gets to walk around and just no, be but the, I agree with Paul. That, that was the, the whole place where my segment was going. I even have it in my notes. Uh, like my notes say, Cobra Moon rocks building this whole stable, but I greatly fear her turning into just a manager slash valet because I like watching her work and I think she needs to be more than that. My my notes literally say that. Like I have notes. I do notes for the show every now and well, then, guys. I have notes. Well, Justin, let me tell you, when you need thirty-two people for a fucking tournament. You let everyone wrestle. Well, so you think she'll get a match in the fucking Quato Cup? That would be dope. You think two gonna be in the Quato Cup? It's like a year ago, dude. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't there for a lot of them because a lot of them were on Saturdays, and the bigger events ended up being on Sundays, which was to my benefit because I wasn't at some of the Saturday tapings. Um, who would oh, I, I want to see Cobra Moon wrestle the most? <laughs> in Lucha Underground. I'd say Pentagon, except I don't want to see her get her arm broken because it's a very nice arm. Panda um, Bear? Uh, I think I'd like to see Cobra Moon wrestle. Uh, God, that's tough. I want to see her wrestle match. Vinny in a pizza on a bathroom pole match. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, no, no. Well, not have, like one of those laser nunchuck fights in the bathroom, but it's laser pizza. Well, I'd like to see her actually wrestle against Daga, but he's dead now or something, isn't he? Is he still alive? Wait, uh, DJ said never believe dead is dead if you don't see a body or something, right? I think he's in a parking lot. I think one of the security guards got a big old heart on for him and won't let him into the temple. So Daga's still stuck in a parking lot. What were you going to say, uh, Casey, about getting Daga out of the crash for one ma last match with Cobra Moon? She, she said that Lord Pindar ripped him apart. He's he's in chunks somewhere. Come on. Well, maybe they can reanimate him. That would be awesome. A reanimator episode of the fucking Lucha Underground. I, mean, I, I have to say, I'm calling trademark on any reanimated Frankenstein-like wrestler because me and J-Man are going to be starting... Uh, I'm sorry, the late J-Man are going to be starting uh, a GoFundMe to build some Frankensteins. And yes, I'm aware that the doctor's name was Frankenstein, but the generic term for Frankenstein monsters is Frankensteins. Um, just well, then tell me why Universal, with their reboot of their monster shit, is doing The Bride of Frankenstein before they do a credible Frankenstein movie. You Doesn't know, make any fucking sense. I don't know that it's going to happen, Justin, because, you know, Dracula Untold was a piece of shit movie, but it made $200 million. Yeah. And, and did okay. 
and they decided to not make that the first movie because the critics hated it. It's got about the same Rotten Tomatoes score as The Mummy, so I don't know if that's going to be part of the universe anymore. I don't know, man. Look, the trailer for Dracula Untold was actually good. The trailer for The Mummy is not even good. Oh, did you see the whole movie of Dracula Untold, though? Complete yeah. Dog shit, man. Well, the third, oh. act, is, the third act is unwatchable. It's Dude, really, I, really I just don't get it why they can't make horror movies and why they got to make fucking action movies. Like, they yeah, can they, still have a crossover. <laughs> they, they've lost it. They try to turn it into some fucking Braveheart thing at the end. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? It's terrible. This is why Universal can't get their own franchises and has to pay millions of dollars to get the fucking Simpsons and Harry Potter into <laughs> Universal Studios that 90% of the park isn't fucking Universal Properties anymore. Well, that yeah, it makes sense because that's just not what's selling. All right. Um, uh, Mundo and Natal. We never talked I, about. I, we haven't talked about Mundo and Natal yet. I have two points oh, real quick. Shit. One, we are talking about reanimation being far-fetched where there's a main event with two wrestlers who have been reanimated on the show. Yeah, Puma, but not like yeah. put back together reanimated. I'm talking Frankenstein reanimation, like body parts yeah. sewing. Two, yeah. since the podcast is over, should we use J-Man's shoot name, Melvin? No, is it still he, Melvin? It's Jasper. That's what the J stands for. Jasper, gimmick name Melvin. I don't. You know what? I honestly don't know if I know his shoot name. I don't know if I've ever known it. I know the other guy's shoot name. I know Urban's shoot name. Yeah, Francis Melvin. (laughs) It's not Francis. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm just gonna be that guy, and I'm gonna tell everyone that J Man's shoot name is Jacques, and that he's French Canadian. That's actually my shoot name, Jacques Langlier. (laughs) I can't even pronounce that. I can't. That is my family's French name, but we won't get into that. That is, that is pretty awesome. You can be like one of the Rougeau brothers and shit. Ah, oui, oui. No, no. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're talking about Mundo and Natal. How can we get off this subject? Fucking no time for pants. Oh, Are you going to put some pants on? I'm glad. You know, you know what just happened in this scene? We just got booned. We got booned? Oh, this is like getting rickrolled, isn't it? Well, first of all, I love the fact that uh, Ricky Mundos is in there peeping on Johnny Mundo and trying to get I a look. I got you for the Bates Haunting on Facebook. Yeah. Like, you guys, got a new like? We just advertised my movie. I know. We actually have viewers now, Byron. It's not like a year and a half ago when we were sitting in your sweaty ass apartment and nobody was listening. We actually oh, do have, have viewers now, like a couple hundred of them every week. So sweaty in that apartment. This is you why we have to do the show regularly. Then people listen and then they tell their friends and then they do stuff like watch your movie or watch Lucha underground. And then we do things like get advertisements for shows that don't get canceled. I mean, things like it's, it's a snowball effect. It's supposed to keep going. Oh shit. So we're gonna get we're we're gonna get that fucking man at arms money. Is that what you're saying? Or the fucking what's the other one with the rites of passage? Rites of passage, big money. I didn't get to watch those. I did DVR them though. I'm gonna actually probably watch them after we get off tonight. What's the other shit that's about racing and they never show the fucking race? What's the that? Baja thing? Well, no. I okay. So I found out what that was about. That was like a teaser promo for the actual show for the for the races for the actual events. So that was like a, uh, it was like a, a pre-retrospective, which was very strange to me. Yeah, it would be really great if the first episode of Lucha Underground didn't have any fucking wrestling in it. 
Well, exactly. It'd been like all the characters talking about everything that they did before they came to Lucha Underground. It'd be like, you know, if before Lucha Underground, there was an episode zero where they talked about being in AAA and shit, which would have been mildly interesting, but at the same time, kind of doesn't sell the point and you're just using package footage. So um, score one for El Rey for coming up with some new shows. Uh, take one point away, however, for a package show as the premiere after Lucha Underground. I don't think that was a good sell. And take five points away for not giving us the Lucha Underground after show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or um, the buddy cop show with me and Pentagon. How, how come How come Vampiro is telling Ray, he's like stepping up to Ray taking credit for sending Conan to hell? When it was very clearly someone else who did that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a hundred percent Mil Muertes. Uh, <laughs> I believe, I believe, however, that what needs to, what's going to happen um, is that eventually it's going to come to light that uh, everything is a work, and everyone that wanted to bury Conan is going to get to take credit for burying Conan at a different point in the show. Uh, so everyone gets a, everyone gets a turn basically. Oh God, that's horrible. It's just, I think it's true though. I, do, uh, I really do. No, see, that's why I think it's horrible. Cause I think it's true too. Shit. <laughs> I like Conan. Hey man, look, when you got your own TV show and the, the power of the pen is very mighty at times, you can just write whatever the fuck you want. Like no, don't piss off the guy that get, that gets to write every fucking episode. That's all I'm going to say. We put him in the coffin and then he shit himself and then he drew <laughs> his own shit. Yeah, the revisionist history on this, I think might get better and better every season. You think they'll just show footage, close-ups of Conan's face and play, like, crying sounds over it? <laughs> no, Conan don't give a fuck. And the crash is dope. He shouldn't give a fuck. No, nah, right. I'm just... He's never know. given a fuck in any other place where he's burnt a bridge. Why should he give a fuck about Lucha Underground? I wouldn't if I was him. Fuck it. <laughs> Move on. Just burn a bridge yeah, somewhere else now. It just sucks that... Uh, he knows it. He completely dead. knows it. He knows what the bur- bridges that he's burned. He talks about it all the time on his show. Like he knows he can be a dickhead that's hard to deal with. So he's better. He's one of these guys that's better off not being someplace too long. He goes someplace for a while. He does some good things. He makes some pe- friends with some people, pisses a few other people off, and then he just moves on to the next thing. And that gives him an opportunity to start over and do something else cool. Fuck yeah, he's, he's doing something cool. Crashes the shit. It really is. It really fucking is. Like as much as I wish he was still involved with Lucha Underground, I don't think his ideas were really going to hold water compared to the kind of storytelling and not wrestling business stuff that DJ especially was doing. I don't think that that was ever going to really work out. Um, and I think he was pushing the historical Lucha Libre thing a little too much for some of the guys tastes. Um and not necessarily giving other guys who had that same kind of knowledge base like Vampiro um, enough credit. And so it was just time to fucking move on. Fuck it. You know? Um, oh, anyway, isn't it bad when Taya is telling Johnny to put some pants on? Uh, I just, isn't that a bad thing? Like Taya of all people really shouldn't be telling Johnny to put pants on. Why? I mean, like, doesn't he have any kind of juice with her? He's not tagging that. They're maybe, not a thing. I, Maybe she's I, I watched. A show, I just watched maybe, a show about wrestling. 
Maybe she sees his dick so much that she just gets tired of seeing his dick all the time and wants him to put on some fucking pants. I mean, I'd like to think there's a little chemistry there, though. Like, she doesn't find Johnny in a towel sexy. Uh, she seemed I, really over it. I, I felt bad for Johnny. Like, I damn, felt bad for Jack Evans, who they said suffered a horrible accident, and that's why we didn't see him. Well, he did. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? They just wrote him off for a couple episodes, Byron. You didn't he understand like that. A, he got like a stunner, right? Is that what they said? Yeah. That Mac, Mac stunned him, and that was that. And then, and then I think his jaw might be broken from that. Yeah, that that must have been pretty brutal stunner. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I hope Black is okay. He took a brutal stunner too. Oh wow! I don't. I don't know. PJ Black jumps out of airplanes, man. I think he'll be all right. You think Ooh. he broke his ankles with that stunner? No, I don't think so. Hey, was there another match on this show? Oh yeah, there was. <laughs> Two former champions, in fact. Two great former, well, one great former champion. In oh, no, Puma was a great champion for Lucha Underground. You can't take that credit away from him, even if he's fucking whiny and whatever. Like, I won't I, take I that. Know, I know who I was cheering for, and I know who Byron was cheering for in this match. Puma Dark. Fuck no. <laughs> we were, you cheering. were cheering for Puma. He came out in black jeans. You didn't cheer for that? I, I mean, was black jeans. That's dark. That's edgy. Black jeans. <laughs> yeah, um, he must have gone to hot topic. No, nah, dude, got surprised by t-shirts that were on sale. I like the Puma Dark thing, even as much as I I think that Trevor complains too much. I like the Puma he Dark into, thing. He went into fighting in hot topic to buy his black pants, and he's like, "What the fuck is this Prince Puma shirt doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was mad. I bet he was mad. He's like, "I'm gonna change my mask, so this is out of date." <laughs> Um, I'll no, tell you I, what I liked about this match. Yeah, I really liked uh, the the oh. way Vampiro played it on commentary, where he just didn't say shit for like five minutes until Striker was like, "You're not going to say anything," and then he was just cryptic, and it was like that was a really nice touch to the whole thing. Like it's they're really selling the angle, I, and you don't know where it's going. You have a feeling you know where it's going because of all the Pentagon stuff, but. You know, and obviously I feel like they're trying to do this to fill the Pentagon void in this part of the season because you don't really know what's happening with Pentagon. You're supposed to be getting irritated like Casey's getting. You're supposed to want to know what the fuck's going on with Pentagon. Um, Is he in Japan killing ninjas with his fucking bare hands or what? Well, his arms are broken, so he would have to use his legs and dick. But they had the hiatus, so he had time to heal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The unplanned hiatus is plenty of time to heal, right? Um, what'd you guys think of the match? What I mean, was this a I don't give a fuck? Was this a Oh no, dude, this shit was great. I, I fucking yeah. love this match. Um they were legit fighting in me and Byron's seats half the match. Yeah. Which uh oh, which, Yeah, that was dope, dude. And then like they're fighting in the office. I mean Puma had to use a fucking brick to take out Mil Muertes, which um I don't know. It had to be like a uranium brick to have worked, but what do you think, Byron? Was the brick bullshit? Uh, Zero Cool 666 just said, according to Tommy Dreamer, PJ recently broke his leg, hand, and lost a finger from base jumping from a building. That's fucked up. A finger? Jesus Christ, a finger? He was talking... 
trash about how his ankles were healed after his last jump to someone on Twitter. I, this can't be true. I mean, Tommy Dreamer does like to fucking rib people. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly, when this match, when, when this, when this match started, um, I was wondering why, because his Puma got his win. He got a, he got a little bit of an edge, right? Didn't he get his win back? He beat Mill clean. No, and it, in a like before the hiatus. Oh, yeah. Vampiro started getting in here, so like, why are we doing this? However, it was a great match. They they always put on great matches. I think Puma, the wrestler, benefits from having more of an edge in his matches. And it looked great, and I think they did a great job progressing the story of Puma. I actually like the look too. I mean, I think the look works for him, and yeah, I feel I feel like as quiet as uh, the performer behind the mask is, that a more edgy thing will give him the ability to maybe get some more stick time. Because I feel like as an edgier tweener or heel, Rudo that the stick time can just be fierce and rhetoric and doesn't have to hype the crowd because if they don't like it, they'll boo him. If Mm -hmm. you know, and if he can get them hype, they'll still boo him. (laughs) So it's like, you know, a lot of these, and a lot of these guys that should be top faces need the heel time to learn how to be a top face. I mean, that's one of the big things in WWE where they're getting stuff wrong is they need to give some of these guys some heel time to get their face time. Um, kind of like what they're doing with AJ right now. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I thought that I thought this match was decent, and this is why. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of people were that were feeling Lucha was lackluster this week. It was like, no, I I don't know if it was. Maybe it wasn't. You know, this spectacular thing, but this wasn't the gimmicked week. You know, this was mm-hmm. the regular week, and for a regular week. I thought this was good. You know, if this was your hour one of Raw, that's a pretty damn good hour one. You know what I mean? No, plus we got we got two crazy gimmick matches. I mean, come on. And yeah. we got people in fucking lizard costumes spitting in people's eyes. It's great. Oh, yeah, the green mist. We didn't even talk about that. How, how'd you feel about that, Muta? You know, <laughs> uh, when, we get, when we get KG on the show, we'll ask him. All right. He, uh, he's he's a great guy because you know, I feel like the whole Drago look is kind of ripping off the Great Muda a little bit, but you know, his later look, you know, the, his current look. Not what about Callisto ripping off the fucking dumpster Drago? But he's not doing that anymore. I saw dumpster him. Drago. What? Dumpster That's Drago. your name for him? That's amazing. I love yeah. that name. Yeah, it's it's dumpster legit. Drago. Fuck, man. He, you know, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he does not need to be biting off a of Drago's gimmick so hard. It just makes him look like a bitch. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I got to talk about uh, WWE. I know you're going to hate me for a minute, Case, but I got to talk a little WWE. Oh, that's um, cool. right ahead. I got to go back to the fucking pay-per-view, though, and in case you might even have a comment on this. Why the fuck was it called Extreme Rules? Um, when there's no extreme rules matches in the whole fucking pay per view, the first match was title will change on disqualification. You know, it's just like WCW uncensored at this point, where you're like, where it's all censored. (laughs) 
this is WCW uncensored. And then you're like, two of my favorite guys just got fired for doing a fucking blade job in the first match. Uncensored. Great. Yeah, exactly. I, I just like give it any other name. I, what what are they calling this next one? Like they're calling the one like Duck Duck Goose now or something. I mean, they're, uh, Great oh, Balls right. of Fire. Great Balls of Fire. Balls what the fire f- with its fucking dick Fuck. and ball shaped logo, dude. And um, there, you know, I was just watching some old FMW, like the first show that they ever did. Fucking yeah. Atsushi Onita comes to the ring. Great Balls of Fire. There we go. Um, yeah, I don't know that was, it was just kind of a shit pay-per-view because of that alone. I mean, and being an ECW fan, which is where the extreme rules pay-per-view uh, basically came from, you know, from WWE buying out ECW and, and like it was the ECW pay-per-view pay-per-view for a while. And then now it's just a name for pay-per-view that has nothing to do with the actual pay-per-view. Um, I liked the Ale- Alexa bliss win. I liked her whooping the shit out of Bailey. I thought that was the exact right version of the story <laughs> to tell. <laughs> Singapore caning the shit out of Bailey. That was entertaining to me. I liked that. Um, and it's mildly extreme. Um, the Miz and Dean Ambrose. Jesus Christ. What the fuck happened there? I don't even. Uh, and the rule stipulation was just like, what, what, what the fuck am I even watching? This isn't even worthy of, you know, Sunday night heat. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, uh, I love Samojo getting the win. I like that. Nothing else to say about it. the match was okay. The pay-per-view was <clears throat> passable. I mean, if you, if you're a regular network subscriber, Hey, you got to watch raw on Sunday night, basically <laughs> your regular network subscriber. Congratulations. You fucking Mark. No, um, uh, no, I, you know, I do got to say the idea of Brock versus Joe almost makes me want to watch again. No, and honestly, that was the best way to go. And, and I liked, I really liked the fact that they really teased it. Like Finn was going to get it. And I've said forever that that didn't make sense. And I didn't know who they were going to promote. And we talked about it before that it couldn't be Joe because we didn't thought we, we all thought that with Brock's kind of heel status right now, that the two heel fight wasn't going to happen and that WWE wouldn't let that happen. And they're letting that happen. And I think, I think it's great. I have no issue with that part of it whatsoever. Also, uh, I saw some images from this and um, Finn also must've thought it was a fucking B show because he wasn't even painted up. Right. Mm -mm. No paint. (laughs) Wow. I think they're distancing him from the paint perhaps. Oh, SummerSlam. He'll do it at SummerSlam guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Um, so then you go into Raw, uh, Bray versus Roman. The only thing I have to say about um, Roman Reigns right now is he really does get the biggest reaction. Say what you want about what they're doing with that fucking guy, and it is stupid. I think it's a stupid play. I think there's more money in that guy some other way than what they're doing, but yet... He gets the biggest reaction, regardless of whether it's good, bad, or ugly. He gets the biggest one. He sells the most merch. He gets the biggest reaction. What the <sighs> fuck is anybody going to say? I think that he's a piece of shit. Um, he beat, fuck that. He didn't beat the taker. Fuck that. Fuck that. But, uh, and maybe, but, but, that, that, but <laughs> guys like you saying fuck that is also part of why he's getting this reaction. Yeah, that's yeah. true. As much I, as you want to hate Vince, Jesus Christ, did this thing actually fucking work with this guy? 
You know, it's funny because I, I didn't want to play directly into Vince's hands. So you could see me being completely apathetic after WrestleMania and not bitching about it too much. And it's only when uh, horrible British listeners of this podcast goaded me did I give my real opinion. But oh, he- I invited him too, but I don't even think he's around right now. I thought he wasn't working. See in the he chat room? Gonna, uh, wake up and watch the show, but I didn't know what time we were starting. Oh, so, so he- you didn't tell him the time? Well, he got invited. So uh, maybe uh, he'll wake up and, and pop in here to ruin your fucking hopes and dreams about banning him from the show. Consider yourself uninvited, old chap. <laughs> yeah, but you have to come on and make a case for why you want to. He has to get to come on, and then you can make a case for why you want to ban him forever, and then we'll let the audience decide if if the ban can stick. Oh, which, which I think they're gonna, they might agree with you. They might really ban him. Urban wants on the show. He sent us in the DM his email address. Oh, I'll go. I'll go there now, and I'll I'll find it, and I'll get him. He's sending me gifts of someone eagerly raising his hand in a classroom. Oh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, me, oh, me, no. me. Urban, I'm sorry. You're banned from the podcast for life. Oh shit! Are we doing that again? No, just me, Flo, and okay. uh, and Krista Joseph. If it's Krista no Joseph, you have to ban him live on the show. Well, you know what? He said that he was last Real Heels exclusive on their last show, and they're not doing shows anymore. So that leaves him podcastless. Well, that dude, I'm I'm pretty sure if Twitwell wants him on, he'll go. Just well, saying. What's a Twitwell? What's a Twitwell? You never, never uh, you never seen that show? All I don't even I know what that means. Is that DJ? refuted everything I said on the show on Twitter, except for me saying Katie Vick was his idea. <laughs> he did not. He did. We really did not refute that. Did he? Maybe no, that was just an oversight. And I thought I was kidding. Maybe I, maybe I'm psychic. I don't know. Uh, but I lo- look, I, lo- I love a lot of the stuff that DJ writes and I'm a big, big fan of DJs, no, I but I also think that DJ only really, really likes podcasts that will mark out completely for him which is why we'll never be at the top of his list because we'll never 100% just mark out without criticizing anything. But I wouldn't do that to anybody that I actually respect. I fucking, I, I nitpick Byron's shit when he's making a movie. If Byron's my friend, I'm going to tell him what I think is wrong with his movie so that he can make it better or the next one cannot suck. I'm it's never true. going to let anyone off the hook. I'm a creative myself. I don't expect people to let me off the hook. So, you know, I, I don't expect the DJ will ever completely 100% give us the twit wow rub because we're going to call him out every now and then. And they're never going to call him out because they're uh, incredulous, incredulously ridiculous marks for something that they, I don't even think they comprehend fully. And bless them for it. Bless them for it. But yeah, we need uh, we, the world needs marks. The world needs dumbass, stupid marks. No, um, I, I just got to say that. Our, our love should mean more because it's coming from such a tough love perspective. <laughs> well, and I don't even know if it's tough love. I, I mean, I, I consider myself a Lucha Underground mark. I mean, most people I think do. I mean, you see my fucking tweets. I don't, I, I love the show. Like you I can come on here and criticize podcast. it and nitpick it. Like what, right. why the fuck would you listen to this show? If all we were ever going to do was recap exactly what happened on the show, tell you why it was the fucking greatest thing ever, suck a dick for an hour, and then uh, just come back next week and do it all over again. Lather, rinse, repeat, fucking uh, cock sucking. It's ridiculous. 
whenever Bailucha watches this episode, I, we want gifts of that dick sucking thing right there. Uh, <laughs> which I think we've done in the audience to Johnny Mundo before. Uh, but it, there's no way they're going to show that on television. Um, yeah, I think we have. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it looks like no, you, you did it to Dario once, remember? Yeah, did it. Oh, just yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's up? What's up? Why, does, why is Kazuya Mishima here? And why is he wearing red? It says stuff? his microphone's muted, but I can't unmute him. I think he has to choose to unmute himself. So maybe he will join in and participate. And maybe he won't. Maybe it's just a face. Maybe he just fucking wants to compete with the shock monster, which is the name of my face. Um, he doesn't have a microphone plugged in, probably. Casey, I know you don't watch a lot of WWE, but have you seen the Drifters gimmick? As it's been I've seen, out the, I've seen the gimmick. I yeah, I've seen it on Twitter and stuff. What uh, are you What are you thinking? <laughs> I'm just curious. You know, I usually like shit like this, but I hate this. I don't know what it is. Um, I just think it's lame. Like it could be, it could be done better. Uh, like he could, does he ever hit people with the fucking guitar? Cause not yet. Not yet. I think they're working up to it. Uh, yeah. If he hits someone with, I the don't guitar, know. Yeah. he never did that in NXT. Maybe he can only afford one guitar. Now I, see, I, I never I, saw this in NXT. What was the, what was that like? Byron, was it similar to this whole deal? Dude, he plays the guitar. He was he so dedicated. He would go play in the fucking subway stations when they were on the road doing his fucking gimmick in the subway station. That's dedication. I got it. I got it. He seems like he's getting a little nervous at the beginning of it on the big show with, you know, 14 or 20,000 people looking at him doing it. But then he like gets into it. I, I kind of think I like it. I don't know. It's, it's entertaining. Like every time it comes on, I I'm like, you know, because a lot of times when I have Raw on in the background, and now, Casey, I'm using that plugin that you have, so I watch it like quadruple speed. Maybe that's but, what I need to start doing. Yeah, so I have it on in the background, and all of a sudden, Elias comes on, and I'm like, oh, I'll watch this, because it's either going to be a train wreck, or I'm going to love that the whole crowd is pissed about the whole thing. Like, it's something about it's actually entertaining me. I, I just like wrestlers to have, like, signature weapons. I don't think that happens enough anymore no that's like, true because like that was the shit right like because then when you bought the action figure you could count on big boss man coming with a fucking nightstick can it be the fucking singapore cane for alexa bliss now that would make me so happy dude if they just gave her a sandwoman gimmick and she was like chugging beers on the way to the ring and shit that would be dude, hilarious. that would be so <laughs> fucking amazing if alexa bliss was the sandwoman Smashing a beer can on her head, coming down with the kendo stick every fucking week. That would, you know, how hard the crowd would pop for that shit. That little ass girl doing that. It's like she's already she's already everyone's favorite woman wrestler in the company, probably. But you know, she would be even more so then. All right, Casey. I know you didn't watch Raw this week, so I'm going to tell you about this gimmick. Okay. Fucking Samoa Joe promo. He comes down to the ring. He starts talking this. I don't fear Brock Lesnar shit. Um, Paul Heyman comes out, does his whole shtick of, I know you don't fear him and I'm just an advocate and this, that, and the other thing. Um, and so you just think he's going to be mouthpiecing and walk out of the ring or whatever. At the end of the whole deal, Samoa Joe drops the microphone, just takes Paul over into the corner and starts gently explaining to him how he's going to excruciatingly hurt him. 
fucking right. amazing. It's all on camera, Mike. There's no fucking live mic there. It's completely nice. dropped. That's awesome. Most yeah. vicious thing WWE has done in forever. Worked so perfectly. And then he puts the cocaine clutch on Heyman, puts him to sleep in the middle of the ring. Heyman sells great. Um, they bring out 15 referees to pull him off or whatever. But the fact that he talks at him and the whole crowd is pissed because they can't hear what he's saying. Wow. And you can hear him at home because the camera mic's on and the camera gets up on the ring apron and gets close enough. Like, I would have loved it if he pie-faced the camera even. Like, this is just something that Paul needs to hear. But when he tells him, he's like, I'm going to slowly wrap my arm around your fat neck <laughs> and then squeeze. Ever Like, he just starts describing it to him. It's like, damn. That is some cold ass shit. <laughs> that is so the way to get Joe over. Like, mm -hmm. please let him do stuff like that. That's the that's what all these dudes should be doing. Like, that's what a legit badass would do. So, all right, Justin, I gotta ask you the the five dollar question. Yeah. Um, what do you think his chances are of actually going over in the match? Slim to none. Yeah. High. I yeah. Think very, I think they're very high. I think. Um, as much as they don't want to do that to the character, I think that because of the price tag and the work schedule, this is the only way that they have figured out to take it off of Brock with any amount of reason. Um, they can't leave it on him for the rest of the year. I don't even think they can leave it on him all the way to SummerSlam with the contract. Um, and they need him back for WrestleMania, but they can't. they obviously can't get that far with the belt on him. They, I, I think they tie up the whole show. I think that, again, I think this was about history and legacy building for the belt itself. Um, I think Samoa Joe is a good addition to that after Brock Lesnar. And I think that as much as Vince loves his big, super mean monsters, I think that he also loves a good title history. And I think he knows he's got to build some, some top level players. I don't think they called Samoa Joe up on bullshit. And I think they also know Samoa's career is getting a little long in the tooth and they need him as a top heel right now. Um, so I think he gets the belt. As crazy that, as that sounds, I think he honestly gets the belt. That would be dope. Uh, but living in a world where Jinder Mahal and Samoa Joe are the WWE champions is just a little weird to me. I don't know. Uh, you know, Vince always likes heel champions because the money's in the chase for the face. You know, they've always said that faces start selling more merch when they're chasing belts. People mm -hmm. care about them more. It's big fucking business in the chase. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see a baby face on both shows chasing the title. Now, what do you think about this? Um, the idea of Brock's like long term planning for his build is to eventually put over Roman Reigns. Also, Boom. what about Finn, like, is there supposed to be a Finn? Well, I think that's why it goes to Joe right now because I think Finn is the program that you need in the fall, uh, and I don't think that can be Brock because it's just too damn expensive. You got to build back to Brock for WrestleMania again next year, and it's not the time for it. Uh, I don't discount the the. I feel like we're still going to get a Finn Brock match. I feel like that's where Brock gets the title back. And then you go into that Roman program mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and Finn does not in the universal title program at WrestleMania. I don't I think he's that kind of money yet. I have a harder time buying Finn as a threat to Brock Lesnar than I do CM Punk being a threat to Brock Lesnar. And that right. was in that match, but that was a good match. 
Yeah, and I, I, I think that Finn will get the match with Brock, but I think he has to put Brock yeah. over. I don't think Joe puts Brock yeah. over. I think they do the two monster thing. And don't get me wrong, there might be some swerve to it or something. I don't know if Joe is going to get a clean win over Brock Lesnar. Um, it would be dope if he did, though, if they portrayed him as the legit MMA kind of badass, even with his fake-ass fucking choke that could never put anyone out in a million years. I'm um, going to call it right now, Justin. Heyman turns on Brock, goes with Joe. Joe wins. Well, and Joe kind of set that up in this promo, too, of saying, you know, he doesn't fear Brock, but he does envy Brock. He wants Brock's belt. He wants Paul Heyman as a manager to be his advocate and this, that, and the other thing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that did happen. And that would not also be bad business. I think that would be smart business. Um, <laughs> Big Show did Big Cass's gimmick this week. I thought that was hilarious. That's all I got to say about it. I know you probably don't give a shit, uh, Casey, nor, nor should you. Um, and uh, Alexis Bliss fought uh, Alexa Bliss. I keep calling her Alexis. Alexa Bliss fought uh, Nia Jax this week, and that was um, stupid and tragic, and I understand why they did it. They're trying to, to finish their angle or whatever and still keep Jax hot, but Jesus Christ, why? And it was a DQ with Mickey James and what's her chest out there fucking around and, and causing the DQ. It was just stupid, just bad television. That, that's a size difference right there. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and it was like, so we know what's going to happen there. You know about them size differences. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? What's cracking? I'm here. Can you hear me? We can actually yeah, hear you. Yeah. See you. Yeah. Well, that's because that uh, camera is pointed outside. Ooh, interesting! Ooh, it's nighttime Into there. Darkness. <laughs> darkness. Well, you know the sun's still up in California. I'm just saying. It's always sunny in California. Yeah. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Since you don't have the other show anymore, does that mean that you have to do the catchphrase here now? Nope. Damn it! <laughs> What's Melvin gonna do? Uh, ja Jasper Melvin Meltzer. <laughs> Jasper Melvin Meltzer, J man. What? I don't know what he's gonna do. He does that movie podcast or whatever, doesn't he? Oh, um, 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 shit. And technically, oh. I forget what it's called. How does he even do that with I no internet? Does he does he use phone for that? That that one guy, he comes over to his house and records with him, like I used to, you know. Oh, it's it's a hand holding deal. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Help him out. He can come on here and talk MMA anytime he wants, but he ain't got no damn internet. Dude, he lives, he lives in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Dude, he does. He, I, I just like that a guy that's seen three movies in his whole life is doing a movie podcast now. He's seen more than three <laughs> movies. Shut up. Oh, man. He's got like stars or encore or something. I'm sure he's seen a bunch of movies. <laughs> they all starred Denzel Washington. They're great. He's <laughs> like, I've seen Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion 17 times. It's good to want things. They it's filmed that movie. at me and Byron's high school when we went there. Oh, nothing. That was kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. God, what? How old are you guys? You guys are so young. Such he needs to do fucking Pleasantville when we were there. Uh, he did Biodome. Yeah, some scenes of Biodome. Yeah. Oh, like you it, guys are that. I thought that was all San Dimas High School. Nah, dude. You see, this is a misconception. I watched too much Bill and Ted's, huh? That was, yeah. They didn't go to Raging Waters or Hoggly Wogglies either. But <laughs> no, dude, uh, I wish that it wasn't just exterior shots so that I could personally meet 
Encino Man's Pauly Shore and thank him for the cinematic masterpiece known as Encino Man, even though Brendan Fraser carried that film. Being that I live in Encino, I love that movie. And second of all, uh, you can go down to the comedy store and talk to Pauly Shore any Thursday night that you want to, Casey. Um, sure. Is it realistic? Is it a realistic depiction of cavemen in Encino? Yeah, do you uh, ever, the few I've met, yeah. Do you ever wheeze the juice, Justin? I have. I have wheezed on a couple of nugs over there by Floyd's Barbershop in Encino where the cavemen hang out. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I live right next to Mega Mountain, so there you go. I took the wrong acid. <laughs> you might have. What, which which one does you guys take? What's going the, on? I took the window pane, and then I watched uh, the the entire Criterion edition of Brazil. Ah, have you it done that yet, like, Urban? No, I need to. That sounds you, like a good good time. You need to do that because. By the time you get to the shorter American version that they fucked up and you've heard Gilliam talk about the long version and how they fucked it up and made the short version, when you watch the short version, that's what will really make you lose your shit. Man, it's amazing. I just, I just saw this ad that they're doing a special edition Blu-ray of uh, popcorn. I don't know if you guys have seen that fucking dope-ass horror movie. It's a good horror movie. I like the makeup in popcorn. Fucking forty-five dollar Blu-ray Blu-ray release, and there's barely any special features on. It. I'm like, Synapse, what the fuck are you doing? Forty-five dollars. That's not cool at all. Like director's commentary or anything or makeup. It's got some of that shit, but I, I, you know, forty-five bucks. I'm expecting like three different versions of the film on three discs, like the Brazil shit. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> and that that Brazil Criterion Edition, I bought that on DVD. Um, I think for thirty bucks. I think it was twenty-nine ninety-five. Dude, I just got a new VHS DVD combo. Let me tell you about it. It's Sony. It's so high dollar, bro. You know, we're living large out here in Tennessee. <laughs> Dude, you gotta, that's, amazing. Uh, that's amazing. You got to check out Dinosaur Dracula's latest article where, they, uh, where he's talking about great horror VHS covers because I've seen three of the five movies he talks about, and one of them is Spookies, and that movie is the shit. Um. <laughs> Well, look, hey, while we're talking about movies, has anyone seen this Wonder Woman movie besides me yet? Just, Any of you yes. guys seen this thing? I you saw, saw it. it. I thought it was incredible. I loved it a lot. It was really oh, good. God, he said incredible. What about you, Casey? Have you seen this thing yet? No, nah, dude. I saw Pirates of the Caribbean. It was dog shit. <laughs> Herb, you seen this thing yet? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so, I, Byron, why did you think this was incredible? So I can go ahead and tell me so then I can assassinate your character after it. Well, I like it. I thought it was a good action movie. It had lots of good action. It was like two and a half hours long, but they did a good job of putting kind of like a movie inside of a movie or a story inside of a story. And I thought it just delivered as an action movie. You go out and get some popcorn and forget about everything and lots of okay, okay, okay. For so for suspension of disbelief. And look, this is coming from a bunch of guys that like pro, pro wrestling. So I will say, okay, great, fine. I'll give you that. Now. Let me start at the very last scene and, and move forward. <laughs> She's fucking flying at the end. God damn it. Why is the yeah. last shot of her jumping into the sky and just fucking flying? Like that's okay to that's an okay way to end a movie? Why wait, is that okay? Wait, Where's well, the movie? Is she flying the fucking invisible jet? Because this is important. No, because yeah. she's got the sword out and her legs are in like a, a flamingo four mm. shape. She's like fucking jumps in the air and she keeps going like Worse than Ange Lee's Incredible Hulk. Hmm. In the movie, 
This is the Jeez. last shot of the movie. This yeah. is what they left me with, which made me want to vomit in the fucking aisles. No end scene, no capper, no topper. It's fucking yeah. Wonder Woman yeah. flying. Like, God damn it, you're in the DC universe. Superman flies. You stay the fuck on the ground, lady. I was kind of bummed there wasn't end of the credit uh, deals or after credit deals. Um, but I, ha I don't read the comic books or anything, so I didn't know. I, I don't think she's supposed to. You do, to however, know that Wonder Woman does not, in fact, fly. Even though she's an invisible jet, goddammit. But in but the movie, she's a jet. She doesn't so, fucking just fly. Does she no, fly no. in Injustice? No. No? No. Um, but invisible jet at man, you yeah. <laughs> did did fucking Linda Carter have the invisible jet? She didn't, did she? On the TV oh, show, my. no, because the cards super so. friends, she did. Yes. Oh, dude, and that was really just so she could keep up with Superman, right? That's like a women's rights thing, right? Dude, Hot Wheels, which I'm fine with, by the way. But at the same time. Then show her climbing into the fucking jet and doing that. Don't just give me some random shot at the end of the movie where she jumps up in the air and flies halfway over fucking London. Dude, it's fucking got, bullshit. Got I gotta say, the invisible jet led to the best Comic Con exclusive ever that Hot Wheels did. They said it was the Hot Wheels invisible jet and it was an empty fucking box, but they put <laughs> weights in it so that it felt like you were really carrying like an invisible fucking thing in this empty box. <laughs> Tremendous. That's some fucked up shit. Uh, That's some Snuffleupagus imaginary friend level shit right there. Hey man, don't talk bad about Snuffleupagus, okay? <laughs> yeah, take it easy. Look, back in my day, because I'm fucking old, Snuffleupagus was Big Bird's imaginary friend, and yeah, that was fine. And then they, they made the motherfucker real. Yeah. Because, oh. oh, it's not good for kids to have imaginary friends. We have... He's a goddamn seven foot tall Muppet. <laughs> He's already fake as shit. Why can't he not be an imaginary friend? All the fucking Muppets are imaginary friends. God damn it. Sorry. I get a little upset. I got a little Christmas oh, ornament of that motherfucker. They never let the cow interact with any of the other Muppets. You guys ever notice that? They were fucking racist against vampires at the children's television <laughs> workshop. I guess so. But he could count like a motherfucker. Like he was one of the first MCs I ever knew. He's an MC. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love. Was a, a one, a two, a three. Too bad. Come on, he was laughing like Curtis Blow. <laughs> that was the shit. He was the count was a goddamn MC. I'm telling you. <laughs> Sorry, this has gone completely off the rails. And I, I, don't I think we lost some of the viewers with the Sesame Street talk, but it's so entertaining. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Raw real quick because I have to talk about the, the last thing about it. As much as I love that Samoa Joe promo, which you would love, Casey, it's like one of the best things Raw's done in forever. <laughs> um, at the end of the show, so after that promo, they announced that Brock is going to come to Raw next week. And so here's what you don't do after that hot ass fucking promo is you have Joe in a credible fight with Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, like this of all times, like, hey, you just made this guy into a monster. You did a great fucking promo with him and Paul Heyman where he chokes the shit out of Paul. Like, if you're going to give him a match, let him squash the fuck out of some low mid card guy, not have a fucking 15 minute super credible back and forth match with Seth Rollins. This yeah, does not make not. me feel like he's the guy to face Brock Lesnar. Oh, 
Maybe not put the guy that's going to face Brock Lesnar against Mr. Injures Everybody. How about that? Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. All right, speaking of bad, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens on SmackDown. Okay, I heard about this fucking shit, all right? Fucking Baron Corbin, seriously? Yeah, exactly. What happened? I didn't see it. Oh, this is the... uh, Baron Corbin got the rub this fucking week. Shinsuke KO had a match. Um, KO went over clean on KO, which is weird as fuck considering that's a fucking champion. Like, what? What? what is the logic in wrestling of the non-title match? And they didn't even call it a non-title match. They just announced both of them. They come out. Shinsuke wins. Shinsuke should be the new U.S. champion, right? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I don't know. It was just weird. It didn't make sense to me. Shinsuke and KO shouldn't be having a clean one-on-one match yet. That, that, and that's like anti-Vince altogether. I like them putting Shinsuke over and getting him built up, but I, I don't know. Why do we care about an exhibition match and why have a clean finish over a champion? What the fuck is that? Oh, did they do weird. the spot? This their Ring of Honor match where uh, Owens goes to do the dive and Shinsuke just walks away all casually. I fucking love that. That's they a actually gift. Did, they actually did a couple of spots kind of similar to that, and the cannonball actually worked really well. Like, they worked good together. Don't get me wrong. I liked watching the two of them together. But um, I also don't know if you guys saw this, but Lana came out. Like, they're, they're having a women's Money in the Bank match now, which yeah. – I think it's kind of a good idea. I just don't know if these are the women I want to watch in the match. Fucking Natalia, Carmella, Tamina, no, Becky, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. It's to like, put Charlotte over. That's what. That's the only reason. I can only uh, hope it's to put Charlotte over because why the fuck else are you having that match? Dude, that's I'm, fucked up for everyone in the match. She's got an unfair advantage. She can just reach with her giant hands without climbing a fucking ladder. <laughs> Also, you don't, want Sasha, that big. you don't want it's Sasha Banks rough. in that match. I don't know who I want in that match. I, I just don't know if it's a good idea. And then, okay, so Casey, I'm sure you didn't watch this shit, but Lana made her debut as, I guess, a wrestler. Okay. She came out with all the women in the ring that are the actual wrestlers, um, got heat on them, and then got kind of kicked out of there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the fuck that was about, but... And then now she's in a feud with uh, what's her face? Orlando Glow in the Dark Girl. Naomi. Yeah, what's her face? Orlando Glow in the Dark Girl. Jeez. I don't believe she deserves to be a champion. I think she sucks. I'm not I'm not happy with her. You were so happy when she became champion, Justin. No, it wasn't. That was Byron. Huh? <laughs> I didn't give a no, fuck about her. I think she's horrible. I don't watch no, her matches. You were like, oh, it's our month and she won. Oh That's yeah, true. that was just a joke for that was a joke for Black History Month. No, I think she's terrible. Uh, she's not as bad as her partner was. Let's just put it that way. Point taken. But anyway, <laughs> so, so now Lana's gonna have a match with her somehow in this episode of SmackDown. Those are the only things that came out of the entire two hours. Um, somehow Lana is now a wrestler, which I hope she is. I, and I hope she's been spending time down in developmental or doing something while she's been off air for a little bit. Um because I think her promo and her stick work is going to be great. She's got a great look. I think she could be super duper over. But I don't know if she can fucking hang with these girls or not. 
Hey, she she does all the cheerleading gymnastics shit, so she might be really good. All right, so now I got to talk about this UFC thing, Case. Yes, I want to hear this. Okay. We'll talk about the let, let's talk about the DJ thing first, and then we'll go backwards to last week's UFC Aldo versus Holloway. Okay, no, so actually, let's talk about Aldo Holloway first, and then we'll yeah, go to the yeah, DJ yeah. thing. Because I'm in, I'm in hot tonight on on. DJ and not Krista Joseph, the other DJ, Demetrius oh, I Johnson. Thought, I thought you were going to say he's getting a rematch against Frank Shamrock from the first time he fucked him up. No, 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 not, not DJ's not fighting Frank Shamrock or court Bauer or anybody. DJ's oh. a nice guy. All right. So, um, Jose Aldo <laughs> versus Max Holloway. I actually, uh, I actually picked the exact, uh, finish of that fight. I, however, got almost every other fight for the rest of the night completely wrong. Um, hey, it's okay. I only got the women's fight right, so that's it. I had Carolina in that fight. I Boy, did I get that one wrong. Jesus. Um, and I thought Vitor stole his win from Nate Marquardt. That was a completely biased home crowd judging if I ever saw one in my life. And, like, I don't really care. I like both those guys. They're both my, my heroes from the past. And I like the two of them fighting each other. And I still don't know if either one of them blew hot like you thought, Casey. But um, we'll I find really, out. What's that? We'll find out. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll find out eventually. I really do believe that uh, Nate Marquardt won that fight and was kind of robbed. I also think uh, Marlon Marais uh, won his fight against Rafael Asuncao, um, but was kind of robbed on the cards too. But, uh, you know. I, I don't think he lost any stock. It would have been nice to see him get a win over number three and be catapulted to the top of that division immediately. But I think Marlon Marais will get there anyway. And I think uh, he fought exactly how I expected him to. So anyway, uh, yeah, and Carolina got fucking clowned by Claudia. Jesus, I had that one wrong. So Holloway, let's talk about that for a second. Because I saw it coming. Holloway was the underdog. A lot of people did not see it coming. Um, I think people just forget how long Jose Aldo did this shit. He's just not hungry anymore. I don't think that he's not training or doesn't have a desire to win, but there's a difference between desire to win and hunger. Like what Max Holloway has Max Holloway won that fight on hunger alone. What do you think case? Uh, I got to say, like I didn't see the fight, but I saw him. I saw highlights of it and he looked like a fucking beast in there. And him going home and celebrating with the belt. It's one of the fucking feel good moments of the year. That was a great video. I'm so glad they put that out. Yeah. And he also, he put out this really awesome tweet where he basically was like, anybody disrespecting Jose Aldo is a moron. That guy did what I just did once for a whole decade. And just because he lost to me and Connor doesn't mean that this guy should be disrespected by anyone. He represented his people. He represented how you can come up from the ground up, you know, from nothing, from starving and going to the gym. Like he is the purest representation of what you should be as an MMA fighter and everyone should show him respect. And that was a classy, classy fucking thing for Holloway to do. That's awesome, man. It's good to see. It's good to see somebody not being an asshole. (laughs) But yeah, because he's the only one right now. Because we're about oh, to get into some assholes. Because <laughs> I think the asshole thing's going to be a lot more entertaining, though. Uh, in a way, it is, and I'm and, and I think Holloway will have his chance, and I think Holloway knows how to be the right kind of asshole. I think he's going to be very entertaining in his fright promos. Um, 
I want to see, uh, I'd love to see him fight Frankie Edgar. I think that could be a good matchup. Um, so we'll see if that happens. I believe that's going to probably be what's next for him. And I'd like to see a little shit talking there if they can pull it off because they're both fairly affable gentlemen, but I think, I think there'll be some heat there. Uh, and speaking of which of shit talkers this weekend is, uh, Derek Lewis versus Mark hunt. Oh, uh, Mark hunt, who has a very foul mouth, but is not necessarily a shit talker. And Derek Lewis, who is just a hilarious shit talker now, somehow, uh, It'd be interesting to see how this goes down. I think Derek Lewis is going to win the fight this weekend. Um, Mark Hunt, I think he's distracted. I think the whole Brock Lesnar thing and his fight with the UFC and whatnot, I think is, uh, I think is distracting him. So we'll see if he can pull out a win or if this might be one of his last hurrahs in the UFC because I think he's still even trying to sue the UFC. So they might just try to be done with him and feed him to the Black Beast. Right, it's uh, it sounds like this is a fight that they want him to lose, but yeah, uh, maybe. yeah. Uh, I don't know though. But it's Mark Hunt; he could just fucking destroy you when sometimes you know, like. And it's in New Zealand. Yeah. Oh shit, that's crazy. So he's suing the company, and they're giving him like a top match in his country. That's that's interesting. Well, I mean, I think they were already planned to go there. <laughs> and with one thing we know is UFC is not afraid of money. No, that's true. That's true. They don't necessarily give a fuck about him, but they're not giving him some tomato can. He can just go and beat up on him. They're giving him fucking Derek Lewis, who's one of their top up and coming heavyweights. Yeah, and this could be this could be the the stepping stone that Lewis needs to get himself it a title really, shot. It really it it will it will make him a star if he knocks out Mark Hunt, but he yeah. has to knock him out. Um. So let's go to the asshole department. Yeah. Uh, asshole number one, John Jones, in all the right ways. We talked about those tweets. But then asshole number two, Daniel Cormier, and asshole number three, Alexander Gustafson, who was actually not really an asshole. Alex was being very nice. Alex um, didn't really respond to a lot of those tweets and kind of brushed it off and whatnot, but then did say that uh, he believed that when John Jones was fighting him, John Jones was enhanced shall we say. Um, then Cormier comes out on UFC tonight this week and says flat out that he thinks that John Jones was trying to get his edge back by being on something. Um, wasn't on something against uh, Ovin St. Peru, which is why he didn't look very good. Ooh. Thought he would get back on something for the fight with Cormier, which is why all of a sudden he blew hot. So Cormier basically flat out accused John Jones of doping and John Jones's retort to all of that was, of course, your dumbass would have to think that I had to be superhuman to clown you the way that I did, but I'm not <laughs> just a regular guy, not on any kind of stuff, just whooped your dumb monkey ass. Don't have to be a superhuman to beat you up. <laughs> oh, that good times. Good yeah, time. so <laughs> that's that's the asshole report <laughs> for this week. Those guys are all at it, and uh, Jimmy Manua is up in in the mix. Um, both Manua and Gustafson are basically from the same camp now. Um, yet Manua, not Gustafson, is the one that has been told by Dana White that he's next in line for the winner of DC Jones. Huh. I don't necessarily think that's the smartest play. I think that what 
the UFC should do is that regardless of the outcome of the fight, Manoa should fight DC next and Gustafson should fight Jones next. I think that's what makes the most sense. And it doesn't matter who wins. If Jones loses, he should fight Gus. If Jones wins, he should fight Gus. Right. DC wins, he should fight Manoa. DC loses, he should fight Manoa. That's it. I think that those those are the the most exciting fights that'll make him the most money. Anyway, um, so now we get to finally DJ. And I'm going to have a slightly different take on this than a lot of people. But let me tell you guys the rundown of what happened um, for those who don't who are not MMA insiders. Because uh, you have to follow the sport quite a bit to know what's going on right now, this week, between two fights. Um, by next week, everybody will know about this shit. But um, Demetrius Johnson put out a very lengthy statement through Ariel Helwani and through him only on MMAfighting.com that basically said um, Dana White told Demetrius Johnson at the fighter's retreat that he wanted him to fight TJ Dillashaw because it was what TJ wanted. Hmm. Um, This pissed off Demetrius Johnson really bad. That combined with seeing um, some other top athletes from other sports um, and other black UFC fighters talking about the, the level of discrimination and promotion that they've been getting. Mm-hmm. The combination of those things has made DJ put out this this letter where he's basically stating all the different ways that the UFC is fucking him over, not giving him pay-per-view points. Uh, they had previously fucked him over on even giving him actual belts. Like uh, most people don't necessarily know this, but when you win a UFC championship, you get a belt for that night. You get to go home and take it. You don't bring it back with you the next time you come back and defend that actual piece of equipment. There is a new belt that is put up each time. And every time you win that belt, you actually take it home with you. It's yours. It's a souvenir. They actually do this with WWE as well. All those guys that have been champion have the belt with a little nameplate that has their name on it or is their stylized version of the belt. They get to keep it at home in a glass case, like go to the rocks house. He's got a case in his basement in his den area that has all of his different belts in there. Anyway, uh, DJ never got those. (laughs) Finally, they got them to him. I think uh, not too long ago. So everyone thought that DJ and the UFC might be fine. How many but, did he have to get at once for them to be good, though? They, they, it ten. Like 10 or they, 12. Yeah. 10 or 11, I think. I think it's 11 now. Fuck, man. So, But no, he's got the photo with all 10 of his belts now. So they've actually given them to him after the fact, which is effed up because they still don't give him pay-per-view points. So apparently the UFC called DJ, negotiated with him to uh, fight Ray Borg, for his title-breaking defense, even though they basically just told him that was going to be the fight. He's trying to get pay-per-view points. They were like, no, you'll get him after the defense or whatever. Hmm. They just gave him some bullshit of like, no, we're not giving you pay-per-view points. Um, and then the excuse was, you know, the flyweights don't draw enough. You don't draw, basically, was what he was told. Like, he's a champion, but he doesn't draw. So DJ went off this fucking huge letter. Then he went on MMA hour, talked mad shit and was basically like, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm in it for myself here. Like, 
you know, where what pissed me off was Dana White saying that this is what TJ wanted. That everyone's calling me chicken, that I'm dodging TJ Dillashaw. He said no. He would accept the TJ fight if the stipulation was that if TJ didn't make weight, um, DJ would get his fight purse and TJ Dillashaw's fight purse and the fight would be canceled. They said, no, we can't do that because Ray Borg, who you were supposed to fight, we'll put him on the card anyway. And then if for some reason DJ or, or TJ Dillashaw doesn't make it, then you just fight Ray Borg. And to which Demetrius Johnson said, what, well, who the fuck am I training for? Who am I fighting? That's the guy you can send me a contract for. That's the guy I'll fight. And it has to be like this. And if that guy doesn't make weight, then I get this and this and this. I'm the fucking champion of this division. And they were like, no, either you accept the TJ fight, the TJ Dillashaw fight with him coming down, even though he's not the number one contender in your division, you're going to take this fight with this guy because this is going to be the biggest fight that you can get and we'll give you pay-per-view points, but none of the other shit you're asking for. And Demetrius was like, no. I'll fight the number one contender in my division. If he wants to fight me, he can come down and have at least one fight. Then you got in my division. Then you guys can rank him wherever the fuck you want. And if he's the next guy in line after that, fine, I'll fight him. And they were like, no, either you fight him or we'll just close your whole division. What the fuck? And Demetrius Johnson, uh, and he said it again on MMA Hour, told these guys, okay, fine. Close the whole fucking division then. I'm not doing it your way. And that's it. That's where he stands right now. He's oh, not signed to fight TJ Dillashaw, does not care about his pay-per-view points, says he will fight the legitimate number one contender in his division. If they want something other than that, they have to give him certain assurances, pay-per-view points, and assurances that that person can make the weight or else he gets all the money and doesn't have to fight somebody else or they can kick rocks and take their whole goddamn division with them. Hey, good good for him. I good like this him. guy. <laughs> That's it, man. And and this is from a dude who has been the company guy who has not said shit bad about these people. The nicest ever. guy. Like the guy that never even shit talks his opponents. Ever. Nice guy. Ever. Like him and Dodson a little bit. That's it. Yeah, but you know, he didn't start it. Right. You know, and it's like, man, it does kind of suck that other guys might lose their jobs because of this. I mean, they could always go up and wait, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, and even he could. I mean, that's, and that's kind of what they're saying. Like, we'll just fold all you guys back into 35. You just don't get your whole division now. And then it's like, fuck it. He'll win that belt too. You're going to just keep fucking folding. Uh, maybe, but that's where he suffered a loss to Dominic. Oh, you that's know? Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, it's weird too, because Dodson beat TJ Dillashaw that way. And honestly, I kind of want to see Dodson fight Dillashaw more, but that heat's not there anymore. Yeah, so here's, here's my problem with it because Yes, DJ is right about certain things, but what he's not right about is the one thing that Dana's right about, and that is Demetrius Johnson isn't a draw. He's just not. When I talk to casual MMA fans, they don't know who he is. He is the UFC equivalent of Dean Malenko. Oh, oh, brutal. It's true. And this is and this is why people aren't necessarily going to like this. And deep but DJ 
should hear this because this is the problem with his logic and his thinking and he doesn't understand that and this is where dana white's coming from dj's dean malenko he's great he's a credit to the roster he's a credit to the sport all the guys in the back love him he's doing all the right things he can teach everybody out there a lesson but he's not a top guy he can't fucking draw flies I don't care if he's got the best record. I don't care if he's the pound for pound number one. It doesn't matter. What matters at the end of the day is getting over. And this is something that fighters need to learn from wrestling. Demetrius Johnson has to find a way to get over. Tyron Woodley has to find a way to get over over i don't i'm not denying what they're saying about part of it being that it's harder to get over as a black athlete it absolutely is but it can be done it absolutely can be done look at other sports you can get over as a black athlete you have to find ways to get the promoters to promote you because yes guess what middle america loves tj dillashaw they're gonna spend the 60 dollars on the pay-per-view inner city detroit doesn't know about Demetrius Johnson and doesn't care about Demetrius Johnson, but he's got more of a chance of getting over there than he does in Iowa. <laughs> and those boys love to watch them some MMA fights. I'm in the middle of Kansas City. I went to a B-dubs last week for the fights. It was fucking pat. Nice. Country boys love the fucking fights. Dana White knows this. Dana White knows that Matt Hughes was over. Chuck Liddell was over. TJ Dillashaw is over. Cody Garbrandt is over. Conor McGregor is super over. He's got all these drunk Irish dudes loving him. Every guy who goes out and celebrates St. Patrick's Day celebrates Conor fucking McGregor too. Everyone who says, kiss me, I'm Irish and ain't a damn bit Irish loves fucking Conor McGregor. The guy's a coont. He's a fucking, <laughs> fucking coont. <laughs> so here's demetrius johnson's problem he ain't fucking cool he's got a bunch of guys on his fucking twitch feed that's it that's who he's selling to right now yeah he's, he's a nerd yeah he's really really tiny he's got big old floppy ears he kind of looks like um the smart guy from that sitcom yeah yeah he's got uh he's got he talks too fast because he's too smart in a lot of ways. And his promos are not fire. And yet he wants pay-per-view points. He wants to be treated with respect from the UFC. He wants to get over. He wants to be the top of the game. He's only doing one part of it. He's good at fighting. And every single fucking dumbass in the UFC that thinks that the way that they're going to get a big paycheck is to only be good at fighting isn't fucking paying attention and that includes goddamn demetrius fucking johnson he's not paying attention to where the money comes from the money does not just come from the hype the reason why conor mcgregor made the forbes top 25 richest fucking athletes this year is because conor understands two things the hype and the fight he talked all the shit um uh, all the shit in the universe and most of it was complete bullshit but then he backed it up on almost every occasion except for one 
It's that simple. You have to have the hype. You have to put in the stick time. You have to make people give a fuck. And yes, African-American fighters have an uphill battle with that. They don't have the same built-in market. The African-American community is not the biggest subscribers uh, to the whole MMA world. You got to find a way to get some angry, drunk country boys and Irishmen to like your dumb black ass too. It's that simple. Then, then you can talk shit to Dana White. Then you can tell Dana White that he should be more concerned about Joe Blackass instead of TJ fucking whatever. It's just that simple. TJ Dillashaw gets to pick because more people will pay to see his fights. And it doesn't matter how good he is. At the end of the day, it's not the UFC is not about finding the best fighter in the world. They could give a shit about who the best fighter in the world is, especially now under new ownership that's oh, yeah. billions of dollars in the hole on this thing. What they care most about is entertaining the most amount of people that will pay for their product. There's a reason why they call them money fights. You get a money fight because you bring in fucking money. Mm -hmm. Demetrius Johnson offers the UFC zero in the realm of paydays, and he can think all day long that he's a popular fighter. I'm here to tell you, I'm a hardcore MMA fan, and I love Demetrius Johnson because I know how good he is. But when I talk to my friends that are casual MMA fans, they're like, who? Uh -huh. They don't give a single solitary fuck about Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. That's it. Uh -huh. That's my whole rant on it. What do you think, okay. Casey? Because I know you're hearing a lot of this for the first time. One of my one of my counterpoints is if they know the dude doesn't draw, why do they keep giving him fucking main events? Is is one thing because he does have a belt, yeah, He's a champion. But look at where those main events have been. They've been on Fox and FS1. Right, they're never pay per views. Nope. It's like yeah, well, you can't really complain about pay per view points if he never gets to be on pay per views in the first place. But well, and and Ariel Helwani had a good point about that. Is like. You know, in those pay-per-view points contracts, they state, like, if you don't draw a certain amount, then you don't get those points, and those points go in oh. escal uh, escalation. But at the same time, what Ariel didn't think about is, yeah, but that's a pretty big, expensive risk to take, whereas your, your broadcast partner who's already paying you a bunch of money would love to have a championship belt on their show, even if it's the shittiest one in the entire fucking league. Right. They'll take that and pay you good money to keep having DJ be on FS1 and Fox. Whereas if you do a pay-per-view and all of a sudden you get a 200 buy instead of a fucking million, Oof. that's bad fucking news. <laughs> like just because they didn't have to pay DJ his points doesn't make that a lucrative business venture. Right. And it's, it's also <laughs> fucking everyone else that's on. No one's going to want to fight on that card. Yeah. No one's going to want to fight <laughs> with him. And like what uh, all of a sudden you have undercard fights that people care about more then they're basically making the money for DJ. So you can't right. you can't win. Oh man, it's brutal. It's brutal. Do you think they'll actually go all out and completely just fucking fold the division? Why not? <laughs> wow. I, I honestly, here's here's the thing. With all the fighters that are complaining now, the the Luke Rockholds and the the Yoels and then everyone in the fucking lightweight division with all the the fighters complaining and even Tyron Woodley and all these dudes and now DJ 
Um, yeah, you, Bisbing's holding up the division, this, that, and the other thing. They have to make an example out of somebody mm. at some point in time. And, and this is a business thing. The UFC itself as a company is over. They don't have to appease anybody anymore. They don't. They don't have to make the UFC the thing. Like the NFL, the commission itself can piss people off all day long. Mm-hmm. People love their teams. People love the sport. MMA is the same way. You're going to love the fighters that you love. You know, who cares if you like the league? The league can now be the bad guys. And I think Dana White knows it. Dana White knows he doesn't have to be the happy, jovial face of the league. He'll get out there and say whatever he has to do to get through his press days. And then he can go and be a fucking evil supervillain if he wants now. And look like Lex Luthor a little bit, a little bit these days. So my feeling is at this point in time, he can afford to be the bad guy. And how crazy would it be if he was just like, yep, fuck the entire division. (laughs) Demetrius, you're fired. Your belt is relinquished. Take it home with you. We don't care. Your whole division's gone now. Fuck you. Everyone else who wants to stick around can keep their contract, but you move up to 135. Bye-bye, 125. Problem solved. Now we've got a super exciting, hot 135 division. Half these 125 motherfuckers miss weight anyway. Half, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So everyone goes up to 35. The division becomes super hot and competitive. And then DJ has to kick rocks. Dana White fucking wins. Ari Emanuel fucking wins. Sean Shelby fucking wins. Mick, whatever the fuck the new guy's name is, wins. And, uh... DJ goes over to Bellator whenever his contract's up. Yeah. And then they're stuck creating a 125 division that's credible, which they can't fucking do because there's not enough 125 fighters. Oh, wow. Or, or Demetrius Johnson sucks it up because I don't think he's afraid of TJ Dillashaw and I don't think he's wrong, but he sucks it up and he fights TJ Dillashaw. He takes pay-per-view points. People actually watch him because it's the wholesome white boy who's got the beef from the ultimate fighter with the fucking Uriah's whole team because it's white on white crime that everyone loves to see in UFC. He takes the fight against this guy, tries to make a name for himself and and do what Uncle Dana tells him to, which I know he's going to hate. He's going to have to eat crow. But uh, I don't think Dana's going to let him fight Ray Borg and, and just go on about his merry business. I think he's either going to get shit canned or he's taking the TJ fight. I don't think there's any any two ways about it oh god imagine how fucked he is if he loses that fight if he takes it with tj and then loses he's gonna just be absolutely fucking buried well and the other thing about it is i can almost guarantee you if tj makes the weight gets down there beats demetrius johnson the first thing he does he's got a fight waiting for court with cody garbrandt right he's gonna go back up and he's gonna try to one-up connor by having two belts yeah He's not going to fucking stay down there and let Demetrius try to get his belt back. He's going to fuck the whole division, which is part of Demetrius's point. Yeah. And part of Dana's point is that's fine, bro. Your division sucks. <laughs> <laughs> if you beat him, either I finally make your division not suck because something cool happened in your division where you beat a guy who was a champion at the weight class above you, or I don't give a fuck. Let TJ go up and take the belt and try to get two belts or get beat by Cody Garbrandt and then have to come back down and fight you. I don't care if your division's on hold for six months. It's not making me any goddamn money anyway. <laughs> it's Man. harsh. It's totally harsh, but people, 
don't think about the business side of this. Everyone's just like, oh, DJ's a great fighter. DJ's a nice guy. He should get a break. Everyone should respect him and blah, 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 blah. Man, it's a fucking business. It's not about respect. Dana, trust me, Dana White doesn't respect TJ Dillashaw either. I guarantee Dana White. I've met TJ Dillashaw and I've met Dana White. And I can tell you right now, TJ Dillashaw is the exact kind of person as a human being that Dana White doesn't like. He probably thinks he's a squeaky little shithead punk motherfucker. And the reason why he cares more about what TJ thinks than what DJ thinks is because TJ is worth more money. Gotcha. It's fucking business. Dana White don't give a fuck about either of them. Dana White's got his friends and he's got $400 million richer. People who have $400 million in the bank don't get new friends because everybody wants to be your friend when you have $400 million in the bank. You <laughs> keep your old friends and those are your only friends for the rest of your goddamn life because they're the only ones you can ever trust. Let me hold need, a dollar. Yeah, I don't need no fucking friends. Where's, I don't know. What do you guys have to say? Urban, what do you have to say about fucking Lucha Underground? I, I think Byron has to say goodbye, actually. Why? Is he tired? He's got to go to work I, tomorrow. I got to work in the morning, so I, I'm going to get going. I have to go to sleep within Peace. six minutes. Later, sir. Good night, guys. Lates. It's too much work. You're working too hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to work a little bit tomorrow, but probably not like Byron. I've been on 13-hour days all this fucking week, though. Hey, what about no. you, Urban? You have a hard time at work today? Dude, what are you talking about? I haven't worked in a week. Oh, shit. That's no good either. I drove today. That's about all I did. Did you play any Tekken? No, no. Uh, I got bored of Tekken, and I've already uh, moved on. Where are you but, playing now? Are you playing that game where you fuck the tanks? Yeah, dude. I got that, that pant. Pa- was it Panzer Matt? I can't even say the fucking name. It, but it's fun as hell, right? Yeah, you know, it's everything you want out of a tank dating simulator. Yeah. <laughs> just, Sounds interesting. The, the world's a fucked up place. It's a game about dating girls that also are German tanks. They turn into tanks. And then they say, you like my mud flap, senpai? That's oh what the that one picture was saying something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole H patch and everything, you know. Jesus Christ. The world is a weird fucking place. This is PC gaming, by the way. You wouldn't see that shit on well, actually, PS4 has one that you're you're dating guys that are also pigeons. Uh dude, the Dreamcast has tons of those games. Yeah. <laughs> Dreamcast. <laughs> this is fucking weird sounding. <laughs> I dig it though, but weird. <laughs> Look, it's Casey's fault. He's the one that fucking threw me down the rabbit hole. I, I, dude, it's Jim Sterling's fault. I heard about it on his podcast. I'm like, this can't be real. And then I looked it up and I'm like, holy shit, they're selling it on Steam. It's real. It's all real. Uh, it's always real. And it's all real. But is it last real? Heels. I don't even know what you're talking about. Urban, did you watch Lucha this week? You weren't on when we were talking about Lucha earlier. I'm curious to know what you thought. Uh, Uh-oh, you glitched. Oh, oh, I glitched. Yeah. Uh, So I just got to say it again. No, let me do it again. (laughs) 
We're live, pal. I haven't watched Lucha in two weeks. Oh, woo! <laughs> you haven't watched it. Damn, you're, you're quitting cold turkey, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, man. That's Damn, you- that's a good idea. We should do that, Justin. Face-off starts next week. Oh, Buck fuck. I do want to watch face-off, though. I'm not lying. Um, Casey's gotten me hooked on face-off. I will be watching. I will try to talk about it on this show. I know Casey's going to talk about it on the show, whether I talk about it with him well, or not. So we might dude, as well it's a regular season, so we're going to have some fucking jobber eliminations the first week. Yeah, we're going to have some people we can talk shit on this time. Last time, I was like, damn, I want to say something bad, but all these people kind of know what they're doing, and I feel bad dissing on them. <laughs> Not, not, not the first few weeks of a regular season. Oh boy, this is going to be fun, dude. Could I get on there with like my paper mache Freddy mask? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> let's let's try. Like, um, I'll just like fucking uh, show Byron and say I made like this horrifying monster makeup, and they'll be like, "Holy shit!" And I won't show any before pictures. It's just Byron's face, and I'll like, it's you know. That would be super fucking hot. All right. So next week. So wait, is it coming on like next Monday so that we can actually talk about it on next week's show on next week? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Tuesday this time. Tuesday. Okay. I think, but I'm not, that would be better for me if it was. Yeah. I think it's Tuesday night. So you can avoid watching SmackDown or maybe if you're new and with your new plugin, um, I can watch a lot of stuff, man. (laughs) I feel like I can get to so many more things. So I don't know which one you're using, by the way, but I'm using video speed controller. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. which in uh, for people who don't have this. So in Google Chrome, if you use Chrome as your browser, any uh, what is it, HTML5 type style videos and flash videos, yeah. basically you can variable speed control them. So and I like to power watch things. I like to watch a lot of stuff, but I also work 13, 14 fucking hours a day. So it's hard for me to get to shows right now. Um, but with this thing, I like, I can watch everything on like triple speed and me and Casey both listen to a lot of podcasts and we listen on accelerated speed and audiobooks and audible and shit like that. So I listen to them on faster speed. So I like just down, I'm just like plug this shit in, just download it. Yeah. Yeah. So can, like, like we're fucking trained it. for it already so we can do it. Right. Yeah. A lot of like, people are like, ah, oh, how can you do that? Like, how can you watch something, something so good triple speed? And I'm like, cause that's all I need. And that shit is like getting me hot. It's like shit. I'm watching foreign shit in triple speed and reading subtitles in triple speed. I actually, I had SmackDown on in, in almost triple speed with subtitles on and it was pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's the best way to watch like 80 slasher movies that you haven't seen. Like if you don't know if they're going to be good or not. And then like, Cause the, it's got hotkeys. So like G puts it on the speed you want and then R puts it back on normal speed. So when you see someone's about to get killed, just put it back on normal speed. It's good for like, come yeah, I do that too. Or I'll, I'll rewind it and go back and watch something slow. Speed yeah. It's great it for uh, Kung Fu movies that have way too much talking. I did that too for the uh, season finale of into the badlands. And I just slowed it down for all the fight scenes. It was super awesome. Yeah, that's how I that's how I watch shit on that uh, Wu Tang Collection YouTube channel that's got like fifty million fucking martial arts movies for free, but some of them are terrible and have like one fight, you know. So you just fast forward to well, you you watch the whole movie, but you watch it triple speed, dude. Yeah, so I, I wonder if Iron Fist would have been better that way. It dev- I I wish I watched Iron Fist that way. I want Holy you to go see shit. Wonder Woman because I'm really curious to see what you think about it, Casey. 
Dude, um, you know, everyone I work with that saw it said it was fucking great and the <sighs> best thing they've ever seen. Um, but they don't know about that. I like. I feel like just because it's the first DC movie that hasn't completely sucked, doesn't mean that it's great. I, and don't get me wrong. I did not dislike the movie at all. I did not dislike it. But I also don't feel like you know what Byron was saying in that greatness status that people are giving it. I don't think it's there either. It's like you know the Thor movies in the Marvel universe. Yeah, they're good, but they're not great. And if you're calling them great, there's something wrong with you. And I kind of feel that way about Wonder Woman too. Like, I I really like Gal Gadot or Gail Gadot, however fuck you say her name. I thought she was amazing. I thought it was a decent script. I thought it was a little too dark for the character. I thought that the editing was a little herky jerky. I thought the music cues were off. I thought that the ending was misplaced and the timing was off. Thanks. Like it it had some issues, like real cinematic issues that other movies of the same genre uh dr strange didn't have those fucking issues you know like i I would say that dr strange is better than wonder woman i'd say dr strange is better than like half the superhero movies well than any superhero movie that's been released since dr strange but right and that's what i'm saying like people are giving it this greatness status and i i feel like it's getting a little bit of a pass just because these other dc comic book movies have sucked so bad See, yeah, uh, and I, I will see it. I mean, I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man. Like, goddamn, I want to see that movie. Like, really fucking good. Bad. And that's next month. Thor, it's like, I'll see it, but I'm kind of whatever about it. But it's got the Hulk in it and the Hulk stove. Yeah. But and the other thing I'll say about Wonder Woman, too, is I don't think it's for kids. I mean, it has a lot to do with... Uh, you know, World War One and, and evil Germans and it's, you know, a lot of realistic gunplay and killing and, you know, a morality play about the violence of war. Um, and I feel like that loses a little bit of what the real Wonder Woman comic book was about. There was a certain brightness and optimism to the real Wonder Woman stuff. And yes, it used a lot of these elements as the background for that. Just like uh, Captain America in the Marvel Universe did. I mean, those are they're kind of equivalent characters in that regard. And so are these movies. But the optimism and the hope and whatnot that the Wonder Woman character is supposed to bring is not there. And it's just her defending against the darkness. Yeah. And I, I feel like the DC Universe has lost sight of that. It's like, guys, what was great about the DC Universe compared to the Marvel Universe is it, other than Batman... And in the Batman universe, it didn't have that kind of darkness. You know, Green Lantern had this otherworldliness about it. Superman and Wonder Woman always had this this positivity and, and level of hope to them. That's what the DC universe was about. Why the fuck are they missing it? Just because Zack Snyder likes to jerk off to fucking, you know, evil porn? I, I mean, what the fuck? Um, but see, uh, dude, yeah, see, that was always what took me away from DC. I agree. Like, and that was why I was more yeah. of a Marvel fan too. But at the same time, yeah. they're doing their product a disservice, like by trying to make it like Marvel. No, I know. And everyone's doing a disservice to their product, trying to make it like Marvel, like fucking Universal Studios with the monsters. Yeah, it's stupid. That's not their thing. Like make a good monster movie. How about you actually scare me, Universal? And DC, how about you give me some fucking hope in this hopeless trying time where the fucking 
trials that our government puts on are more ridiculous than the newest season of House of Cards on Netflix. Like you, you would send me a script with the fucking Comey testimony in it. And I would tell you that's unrealistic. We can't make that into a TV show. <laughs> that's, a, that's fucking. Re- oh my God. And, and, and in a world where we live in that, why can you not give me just wonder woman? Can she not be like a shining beacon of hope? Why not? Fuck it. It's funny though. Cause you say you want universal to scare you, but a mummy's never going to scare anyone because they're the shittiest monster ever. Well, that's uh, true. They were real shitty in I the did, WCW. I did see a review <laughs> for a movie called uh, Dawn of the Mummy that actually has a mummy in it, but then it has regular ass zombies too. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe this will be this will be more fun. Maybe I'll check that out instead of the Universal Mummy. Uh, I think there could be a way for a mummy movie to be scary, but it's not going to be with like you know giant sandcastle faces flying out of the sand at people. No, nah, no, nah, that shit doesn't count. That's cheating with computers. A mummy is just a shittier zombie, dude. It's like they're slow, but if they bite you, you don't turn into a fucking mummy. You know, they don't even try to bite. Oh, I don't know though. Some of those old timey mummy movies when I was a kid were like, you know, the the sarcophagus was in the basement and it was kind of like a murder mystery movie, and you didn't know when the mummy was going to actually creep up out of the coffin or whatever, and they were way more subtle. Like I liked uh, those were kind of scary in a creepy way, and if they did something like that today, it's like a dark noirish detective thriller that had some mummy elements to it, that would be more fun than this action blockbuster kind of shit they're doing now. I do. Where's the the hammer mummy? Uh, (laughs) Did you guys? You guys ever see Christopher Lee playing the mummy, uh, the hammer version? You know, he's like six foot seven and he was moving fast as a mummy and choking people. That's kind of scarier. And, you know, I I could buy I could buy Christopher Lee as fucking anybody. He could be fucking son of havoc and I would consider him intimidating. So, you know. Oh, that'd be interesting if 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 Christopher Lee was like, you know, another son of havoc or something. It's an interesting idea. They wouldn't have to fucking put computer modulation on his voice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, Can it get? I mean, now they would be dead, but you know, they could just use a recording. We should tell DJ to do that. He should do something with with uh, Christopher Lee and Son of Havoc, or just something with Son of Havoc in general. Yeah, or 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 like nothing with Son of Havoc. I no, I don't know. Idea. I think I think that for the second half of this season, Son of Havoc could really use an interesting, twisty. An original gimmick, don't you, Casey? I, I um, <laughs> I'm being a complete dick. Oh man, what are you drinking over there? What's going on? He's drinking some fucking haterade, is what he's drinking. <laughs> it's pure vodka. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, nah, I do. Gotta, uh, mummy suck. In closing, mummy suck. It and suck. Uh, Christopher Lee is the shit, though, so he can even make a mummy not suck. But also, yummy mummy cereal was the shit because it was orange flavored and that shit was delicious. Dude, what was the uh, was it booberry? <laughs> oh, the the cereal you're trying to get us to all eat, Case. Oh no, dude, the fucking Captain Crunch blueberry pancake crunch. Oh, oh my god, god, it's delicious. You guys, you got you got to try it. I think you can only get it at Target. 
Um, it's a limited time, so if you go there and it's gone, I fucking told you guys to buy it last week. I just finished my box. I gotta go get some tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna have to PayPal you some money. <laughs> dude, if I have an um, box, I'm not gonna send it anywhere. I'm, it's gonna be sent directly to my stomach and then directly to the toilet when I poop it out. That's a lot of directions. Yeah. Me, Flo, if I don't know where you're at, man, you got invited to the show like three times, bro, but this show is over. <laughs> you had your chance, Meef. Yeah, man. God, Meef. Chum. From all the way across the pond, man, I tried to invite you. Anyway, I got to get out of here. I got a couple 3,000 fucking things to do for the television show that I need to make instead of talking shit about everyone else's TV shows. I'm going to make my show, and then I hope they all start podcasts and tell me how much I suck. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So for uh, at Byron Fever, for at Lucha Gringo, and at this other guy who I barely ever see on the Twitters hey, anymore. Hey, hey, I'll do it one more time. One more All time. Right. Let's hear it. <clears throat> if I can do it. It's been a while. At U-R-B-A-N-H-E-R-E-T-I-C-187. <laughs> there it is. I was going to be a dick and mute you, but I decided not to. Uh, so mean with that shit on this show it's okay it's okay <laughs> anyway that's it for all of us for this week's mmm show i hope it was straight fire for you until next time stay calm and stay in the mix